this podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Mind Virus Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Flood. I'm here with Jordan Bruno, our other esteemed co-host. Today is August 9th, 2021. It is a cool, smoky day here in the Wasatch Mountains. How you doing, Bobby? I am, you know, I'm the same as always today. I would like to start off with an apology to the listeners for... Probably you owe them. I probably that. owe them an apology. Now, it's funny, go look at the etymology of the word apology because it means defense. So in defense of myself, I'm not sorry, <laughs> but I am aware that I ha- tend to wiggle a lot here while we're... <laughs> we're recording this podcast and so I go in and out and in and out and I I I heard some feedback over the weekend that certain listeners are irked annoyed well, keep uh, him, bothered in, in by by my lack of professionality keeping my face right here on the mic in defense of that and us neither of us know what we're doing when it comes to this audio equipment and mixing and that's not actually true. Well, it's not actually true. We what we know we know acutely that if we had a real studio set up with, you know, more expensive mics, and um, I don't know if that we that were would make if we were better <laughs> dedicated to you, the podcast listeners, if we were like more zealous in our efforts to overproduce this, I think we could do it. We just have a little bit of a. Is it is it called a devil may care attitude or is it just we just don't care we're lazy? Probably. What's the difference well, between those two? Well, in full sayings, full, if we're being if we're confessing here our 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 uh, audible transgressions, Cure, uh, cheerful and reckless is what the dictionary is telling me about devil and devil may care. I think we just don't care. I used to spend a lot more time editing. Like I would go through and get rid of coughs and pauses, and now I barely do any of that. But see, I think those add. F- flavor they add color <laughs> i think i think the listeners like the, that 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 makes it more alive maybe but when they maybe. can't hear what you're saying they get angry May, yeah. uh, you know i'm not going to say like i had a, a miniature mob on my hands but i got some like a, a dirty look about not okay it wasn't really a dirty look it was more a look of concern <laughs> <laughs> well to the listeners who brought that up, thank you. But also, there's some really uh, bigger, more important things you should probably be worried about in your life. Your life must be going pretty good if you're worried about Jordan's audio levels on a podcast. I don't know that they're worried. I think it was just more more helpful feedback. For sure. But we, let's, and we appreciate let's, that. Let's we assume do. they're tied in so tightly that we need to get out of a blanket warning that, you know, we're doing this. Why are we doing this? Well, I'm doing it for the big buyout that I hope is coming from Spotify at some point. Where they buy you out and shut you up? Either way, or just a big contract like, like Joe Rogan got. I mean, we, we are. Didn't they kind of buy him out and shut him up, though? Well, he's still talking, but I think yeah, they, but they muzzled to, him a little bit. They muzzled bit. him a little bit, didn't they? But, you know, our listenership rivals Joe Rogan, so I don't know why we don't have those offers yet. Rivalries are an interesting thing, you know. Our our listenership may actually rival his now that he moved to Spotify and you can't find him anywhere else. 
Yeah. I don't listen to that show. I used to listen to that show pretty regularly, depending on the guest. Yeah. And I would do it on YouTube because I would watch the show because, you know, they Oh, that's cameras. interesting too, yeah. And now it's pretty much gone from YouTube, at least far, as far as full-length episodes, and, and I haven't listened since. I haven't listened to a Joe Rogan podcast since he went to Spotify. He, I think, got enough money that he doesn't care. Oh, but- he doesn't. He did have some interesting comments recently, though. I saw a clip. And he's kind of ranting about all this stuff that's going on. And people, of course, are freaking out. And Spotify, every time he has a controversial guest, and right now everybody's controversial. Right. This There's some employees at Spotify that threaten to quit or boycott. And it's like, if I'm if I'm running Spotify, it's like, go right ahead because you are a dime a dozen. You, you employees, yeah, you low-level, entry-level employees. There's only one Joe Rogan out there. Right. There's a bunch of you guys, and there's only one Mind Virus podcast. Actually, wait a minute. I take that back. There, there is, is another, another Mind Virus well, podcast. I don't think it's active. I think, yeah, we're skating under the radar right now, so that guy's hopefully not mad at us. But there is only one Mind Virus podcast out there with... Bobby Flood and Jordan Bruno. That's true. And that's this one you're listening to right now. The authentic You found one. us. That's you found us mm-hmm. if you were looking for us. So anyway, that coming full circle on the tangent, unless you wanted to continue to talk about Joe Rogan. Well, we'll have to find that rant of his and, and link it to mindvivors.show. Yeah, we can probably pick up on that rant again it was uh related to the crazy hypocritical contradictory well it's the massive it's the it's the the biggest uh gaslighting manipulation mind control campaign in the history of the world right we're in a strange we're in a strange position here because um and i'll get back to the defense of my lack of audio etiquette Maybe, maybe, maybe get back to it later. But we're in a strange position here, a predicament. We were talking before we came on the show about, you know, what it would take to do away with your smartphone. I know we've got a couple of listeners that have flip phones, by the way. Here, here we're listening to something. Oh, that's an ad. Okay. About I, some I, guy. I, I won't stop it. You block, you, the, you derailed my train of thought. So I know. I, I know. I, we found, gotta, I found the Joe Rogan thing. I okay, just want to have it handy. Yeah. Good. Yeah. What? I, talking I did, about your smartphones. Cu- couple of couple of friends had. Uh, con- I know. Don't don't uh, use smartphones, and we're we're in a weird place in society. I just want to frame kind of the situation we're in. We're in a situation where everybody is keyed into sort of a media vibe. Right there's like a media energy or channel that people are keyed into, and it seems like they're keyed into p- potentially three main categories. One is like the CNN, MSNBC, illiberal, modern liberal, uh, just broken off from reality wildly the state, propaganda. State the state media, state. Well, that, but that's that's only half of the state media because right. the other half is right. the Fox News conservative channel, which that that seems to be the controlled opposition because the main moving material comes out through these state sources. These oh, and and, and lumped in with CNN and MSNBC are also ABC, CBS, yeah, and sure. NBC. Those uh, traditional networks they seem to all be in lockstep 
in their alarmist, fear-mongering well, they can... pronouncements. That, and what, what I'm getting at, just really quickly, because what it, what it appears is happening here is on the third the third group is sort of a diverse group of al- alternate media, which goes all over the place, right? But there seems to be a general resistance growing embodied by what I would call the zero hedge crowd or, or people who are related to that. Zero hedge seems to be one of the best news aggregators out there right now. If you want to know what the main uh, opposers of the narrative are talking about and thinking about. So, so those are our three categories. You got the controlled left, which seems to have the power, the controlled right, which seems to just be whining and crying, but going along with the controlled power. And I've got an anecdotal story to back that up. And then you've got the alternate media. And so, but, but the thing, the, the mechanism that appears to be happening is that the statists or the oligarchy seems to be announcing their agenda via the news media, the controlled left. Then we cry about it a little bit on the controlled right, and then it just goes through, except for the more egregious things which take a lot longer, like, for example, I'm sure we'll talk about it in a minute, climate lockdowns or further lockdowns with coronavirus. They seem, it seems like there's a little bit of a, we're telling you what we're going to do here, kind of like we've talked about before, how if you really want to, it's a good tactic if you've got kids to warn them in advance about things that you're going to do that they don't like. Like if you're at a family party and you're going to leave, it's always good to warn them 15 minutes in advance or five minutes in advance. That way you, you have a little bit of a, a letdown, but they know they got to, they get to play for five more minutes. And then there's not as much weeping, wailing and gnashing of teeth when you actually shove them in the car and go. So it seems, it seems like that's what we've got right now is because, because what's, what's happening in the media it's like we're inexorably marching towards it, right? We're getting pulled towards it as if, as if we're, um, well, as, as, as if we've crossed the event horizon of a black hole. We're getting closer, you know, school starting now. It's uh, mid-August. Schools are starting to get back in session. And with that, you have all of this fear-mongering about how yeah. dangerous schools are. Even though last year there are many places within the United States and in Europe, including right here in the great state of Utah, the Me Too state of Utah, where schools were open and there was no catastrophe. Yeah. But don't you think that's how they're doing it? It seems to be that's the way they're handling the mass psychology of the situation is is that the, they're the telling media, us they're telling us what exactly they're doing. Exactly what they're going to do. They're right. telling us there's going to be more restrictions. They're telling us that there's going to be more lockdowns. They're telling us you have to wear masks again. Now, this time around, I feel like there are more people saying no. No, we did everything you said. The vaccines were supposed to be the out, the off-ramp. We're not going back. We're not going back to do We're not doing that again. And that's where they're going to need another reason, like a climate catastrophe. Well, let's talk about that in a minute, because here's my anecdotal story. And I've heard about this type of scenario. I've, I've heard this sort of a story from other directions, from other people who are primary source accounts. But one of our listeners related the idea that he has a family member or a close friend. Remember, we're trying to keep the identities protected. So a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. Now, this, this, was, uh, this was told to me with so few hops that I'm fairly certain it's happened because I have also heard about 
this from other directions. But the friend has a friend that works at CNN, right? Okay. And the friend happened to be back in New York recently and was invited to enter the cave of the beast. No, the the inner sanctum of the... <laughs> the, the friend was actually invited into the studio, right, to see what's going on and at the cable news network and, and kind of see how things are working. And they ended up being able to watch a taping or an airing of the Chris Cuomo show. I don't know what that's called. Uh, false reality with Chris Cuomo or something like that. Or, or we, we create reality. Chris Cuomo is that Chris Cuomo's the brother, right? Yeah. What's Chris, the name of his Chris show? Qu- Chris, Chris Cuomo. Cuomo confusion is the brother of Andrew Cuomo. The, Beligard, who somehow Beligard. is getting away with not resigning, governor of New York. <laughs> that guy is. <laughs> well, you got to admire his like a, like uh, a, chutzpah. He's yeah. just like, I'm not gonna do it. He's like a barnacle. I'm not gonna resign. You can say anything you want about me. I'm not gonna resign. <laughs> I did nothing wrong. I kiss lots of people. I'm an affectionate man. I kiss people on the cheeks all the time. I'm not gonna resign from my job. I don't know what he sounds like, but I think it's pretty it's, much. That. I haven't. I really haven't heard him speak in a long time. <laughs> That's a nice business you got there. It'd be a shame if anything was to happen to it, huh? Kind of sounds like a, a Star Wars character. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. Keep I going. I, I think, think you should do the rest of the podcast with that voice. <laughs> I, I might ruin my throat. Yeah. But. But I just want to also assure that our audience that Bobby Flood's not going to resign for nothing. Bobby Flood's going to keep doing this show. Are you feeling um, like mentally stable? Would you ever commit suicide? <laughs> Say that in that voice. I would never. I would. I would never. I'm not feeling no suicidal tendencies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good stuff. I uh, let's see here. Yeah. Okay. Chris Cuomo's show. Cuomo, Cuomo had Mitch McConnell, who some people think is the leader of the free world. Um, he's the Senate Majority Leader on. It's just called Cuomo Primetime. Oh, that's super. Cuomo creative. Primetime. Oh, super creative there. See, the left can't meme. They can't name their shows. Chris, you got to name the show. I think you just call it Chris and Andrew Primetime. <laughs> but you're not on this show, Andrew. <laughs> I could be. <laughs> anyway, all right. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna sit back and listen. So, so Chris Cuomo has on Cuomo primetime. Chris Cuomo primetime. Mitch McConnell and friend of friend happens to be in the studio listening to the show. And what he was amazed was Mitch McConnell there in the studio, or they had him. Yeah, they had him in, in the studio. Okay, so he was there in person. And the mics in the in the studio were hot the whole time. So they had, if you're, you know, those studios are set up. You have like a sound protected room, but then you mm-hmm. have uh, an area where people are. Uh, there can be an audience, you know. Right. And sometimes the audience, they have different sets, right? So some sometimes the audience is supposed to be live, and they're not protected by a soundproof wall or whatever. But anyway, in this case, the mics are hot, and the audience is listening to both the before the during the show the taping of the show or the airing of the show and the after and what he was aghast and amazed at amazed at was that McConnell who's a republican and is supposed to be an enemy of 
Chris Cuomo, like diametrically opposed to and protecting against the evils of such statists as uh, Cuomo. McConnell. McCon- yeah, I know you're Good laughing one. about McConnell, but that's the, that's the persona that he wants people to, to right. sure, uh, believe, sure, right? Sure, sure. So he, uh, before the show, he, they were ultra friendly with each other. They're like, sure, just, you know, exchanging pleasantries. How's your family? What's good? Like they knew each other really well. During the show, they appeared adversarial. So it like got heated for 40 minutes or something. They like, they seem to be mad at each other and they're, they're talking through issues as if they're uh, actually angry with each other sure. and that they, that they care about these viewpoints. And then after, immediately when the show ended, it went back to pleasantries. Oh, let's, let's do lunch or whatever, you know, all the things. And the friend asked the, uh, his, his friend at CNN about this, like, what the is a WTF moment? What the heck is going on here? And he says, oh, no. He's like, is that normal? And he's like, oh, yeah, it's always like that. Like Rudy Giuliani's in here. It's the same thing. And he's like, yeah, Cuomo and uh, McConnell, they send each other Christmas cards. What are you talking about? And the, the friend was aghast that there was such political theater going on. Yeah. And I've lamented to certain family members who didn't believe me that I'm like, I think that, you know, the Pelosi's and the McConnell's get together and they have drinks after they, they put the well, show we've, on. We've seen photos at of, night. you know, there's a, there's a famous photo that's been turned into a meme. And there's a few of them, I think, but there's, I think George, Herbert Walker Bush is in the photo, Reagan, uh, there's Democrats, and they're all laughing with champagne glasses in their hands, and it's turned into a kind of a meme photo. But there's there's photos of George W. Bush and Obama and McCain, and they're they're obviously at some kind of social thing having fun. And you might say, oh, it's just, they're, that's the theater. The, the friendship is the theater. But Then there's the photos of the Bohemian Club in right. California. You ever seen those? Somebody got a hold of like a yearbook that they produced where it shows all these people sitting down at the feet of this great stone owl right. uh, carving while I think it's Helmut Schmoot or something. There was a former chancellor of Germany who's standing at the podium and then you've got people like Bush and Clinton and all these yeah. people are the, in the audience that you, you, it, they're there singing Kumbaya like they're at summer, summer camp or something. They're not supposed to be in that type of a setting. Right. It's just... Well, does not compute. It, it is theater. It's all theatrical, and people like McConnell. We we know from you know there there's a a, a Bible a Bible verse by their fruits you shall know them right. I think everyone's kind of heard that. It's we know that we know what these people really are by their actions. I mean, even right now, right? They're they're arguing about another bajillion dollar infrastructure bill right it has nothing to do with infrastructure and it has Ma- more to do with like mcconnell put- will sign it yeah mitt romney will sign it other so-called opposition republicans are all going to sign it probably the only person that won't sign it will be rand paul is rand paul he's a senator right yeah he's a senator yeah he won't he won't sign it he the had prob- a great great piece that hit zero hedge last week that. about um <laughs> this is it. enough is enough. We don't don't follow their laws. Yeah, like, they can't arrest us all. Yeah, they can't arrest us all. I think was the title of it. That's the a sitting senator has a we also a piece have a, out that says they some, can't arrest us all. And you have sitting senators on the flip side saying you have things like 
you have no right to breathe a deadly pathogen. And, you know, it's like breathing is rape. That That's the idea that's being, you know, floated out there. But it's all, you know, we, we've said this before. We talked about kayfabe, kayfabe, however you want to say it. I like Shakespeare. All the world is a stage. And all the men and women are mere players. And all have their entrances and exits. Yep. It's fabricated. You know, Barack Obama proved that. Again, you know, he's the latest in a long line of, of quote, elites, self, self, self-titled elites. You know, he had a big birthday party. I'm sure you've heard about it. No masks, no social distancing, which is fine. Great. Have your big party. It's interesting that he went from no personal wealth to being able to afford an incredible seaside part-time Mansion. home. It's not even his yeah, full-time his home. home, but that's a different uh, story, right, Nancy Pelosi? But he has this big party, and you know, there's video that leaked from it, and they're dancing, they're having a great time. While the same people that are in attendance, while the media, while politicians, including the sitting president, who I don't think was invited to the party, the sitting president was Barack Obama's vice president for eight years, and who was not invited to the party, or maybe he turned down the invite. It's past his bedtime. But they're out there having this great time while we're told that we need to continue to wear masks and get vaccinated. Uh, CNN, speaking of CNN, <laughs> New York Times correspondent who appeared on CNN said that it was okay because the party was a sophisticated vaccinated crowd. <laughs> Right, but they're same the same the same people over at CNN. They're saying that you can spread it if you're vaccinated, right? right? See, it's all it's all theater, theatrics. That's all it is. Don't be, you know. And it's easy when you go to a play or go to a movie. It's easy to get sucked in, right? We have a term for it called suspension of disbelief. You know what's that, Jordan? Well, that's where you. Uh, think everything's fake, and so you you suck into the story. One of the one of my favorite movies. You accept the you accept the terms accept the premise of the movie, right? Yeah. The world the world building, the universe, the magic. The- yeah. See, one of my favorites is, and I've I've told people about this movie, and uh, I think we've got some listeners that like this movie. Pacific Rim, the first one. Right. This is, this is a great movie. You just have to suspend disbelief right at the start and suck into the world and so i'll tell people hey this is a great movie there's just one thing you have to understand before you go into this movie okay because you you got to get this if you don't get this you're not going to have fun in this movie it's a great show i I thought it was great i thought when i when i went to see it i thought i was going to hate it okay yeah and my friend dragged me out to see it and then it turns out because he'd seen it another time there were other shows in the theater that he didn't want that he hadn't seen, but he he liked Pacific Rim enough. He's like, yeah, let's go see Pacific Rim. I'm like, we've well, already seen it. It's like, ah, I'd rather see that than this. Okay, well, great movie. Um, there's just one th- thing with Pacific Rim you have to understand, and that is this: there was an inter there was an interdimensional rift that opened up in the ocean floor, through which a bunch of giant space alien monsters came and started destroying the world so we had to create massive giant robots to combat them yeah robot versions of those if you understand that if you can just like 
it's get past that it, you'll love this movie it's in the same <laughs> kind of genre and and you know like think about godzilla it's King way Kong. better than godzilla right but it's that it's that same idea right it's that same right but all you got to do is realize there's a rift in the ocean floor right. and there are monsters coming through it so we need these giant well, robots that, and that's where mo- movies will fail when they fail to in, in, engage the audience into the world suspension of disbelief yeah. For, like one one that that comes to mind was the day after tomorrow that was the the climate alarmist film yeah. where the the cold was chasing people and you could run away from the cold see that premise was so absurd Jake Gyllenhaal Dennis Quaid yeah that 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 was such an absurd premise that the audience I saw that in a the theater and the audience was openly scoffing and laughing and <laughs> and you know, will an audience member will accept basically anything, but you have to have that world has to exist logically, even if it's something crazy like an interdimensional portal. Right? Because see, all they did come in. Through. All they did in uh, in um, Pacific Rim was they just started out and they said essentially what I said. They're like, "Well, here's the history, folks. Right? There was a rift." <laughs> In the ocean floor, and we had to build these robots. Right. Well, the Marvel movies are 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 great at this, right? There's a rift in the sky, a portal that. And the, by the way, the there's monsters a, come through, and and New Yorkers are are just accepting it. And, and New Yorkers are basically helpless, by the way. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> in general, they're just and they're, and they're also helpless. accepting that that this band of of heroes can go and and, and fight. That they that. somehow have these superpowers. So what? How does that work? I mean, what you're a film guy. Why? How are they able to get you to spend, to suspend your belief? Is it the more outlandish claims that that make it? Well, I think I mean that's, possible. That's 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 the essence of storytelling, right? Is to 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 bring somebody into that reality. So Joseph Goebbels, great propaganda, spelled mm-hmm. Goebbels, uh, one of Hitler's. Main, Hitler's main propagandist, right? Famous for saying, just tell a lie big enough. Mm-hmm. You got to make the lie big enough. And uh, Hitler, of course, fa- not famous, but should be famous for saying, you know, what luck for the rulers that the people don't think. Right. But uh, the big lies seem to be be able to get traction. You just have to keep telling them. You just have to keep yeah, and, and, and pushing the narrative. The, the news media isn't very good at storytelling they and so they take a very blunt instrument approach they're just pounding you over the head just hitting you over the head with this sledgehammer uh of course while they're doing it they're they're chanting certain things like stay home stay safe stay home stay safe we're all in this together we're all in this together my mask protects you your mask protects me you know whatever the the flavor of the day is while they're just Smacking you in the safe head. Safe and effective. Safe, safe and effective. effective. It's safe how we get our lives back. Safe and effective. Safe and effective. Safe. Whereas and effective, effective. Safe and effective. Safe and effective. Safe and. Eff- Can you even so, think? <laughs> I thought I was gonna have to. You're gonna have to cut the reboot you or something. <laughs> but good, good storytelling. Think about your favorite story. Your favorite story. You're probably thinking about, you know, I'm, I'm guessing on our Pacific audience Rim. is probably thinking about Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, or uh, 
Tom Sawyer, Huck Finn, you know, Those nobody's saying no, nobody out there is thinking nobody about Tom is saying, Sawyer and Huck Finn. My favorite all-time story was uh April 3rd, 1997, the Evening News had a great story about the kitten uh kid who uh had a box of kittens and gave them gave the kittens to some sick kids. Like n- nobody remembers anything from the news as for their favorite story. Now, if story. the parents of the kids that received the cats had unceremoniously dispatched those kitties like thrown them in the river that would be a, a memorable story right but the stories that out. the stories that speak to us as humans are 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 you know they're, they're the great classics they're the great classics because of that because they're great stories and that we can get engaged in them and we see ourselves as the hero of the story. Are there any stories emerging right now as they've, in the last 10 years, tried to shift the, you know, as they've debauched and uh, perverted the hero's journey, the epic, the great epic formula? Are there any that are emerging right now that seem to be getting traction, like people are believing them? Like you mean, going with them? You mean like... Like news type stories, or like movies or franchises. Movies or fr- I'm I'm talking like movies or franchises. Yeah, we're this is kind of like a little bit of a wishy washy uh, I mean, conversation here because we're, are we talking about news or are we talking about movies? Because I'm kind of sick well, of talking about news, but it keeps getting ep- ep- even more epically crazy. I think they're related out there. in the sense that that every movie, whether it's a, a Marvel universe film, whether it's Harry Potter or whether it's a very serious-minded documentary, all have an agenda. They're all pushing some kind of a message. Now, sometimes that can be... All of them? Yeah, all of them. I mean, even if it's a documentary. Documentaries are... Well, of course documentaries are pushing an agenda. The documentaries are not objective. They're not just a filmmaker going out and saying, oh, wow, this is what happened. This is what I will tell you. No, they're they're finally tuned and crafted and written look at the credits of a documentary there are writers there are editors so you you think all movies have an agenda yeah like what are there benign agendas sure there's there's great messages there's messages that that sometimes there are filmmakers who set out to quote tell the truth but that's still their agenda so i'm just thinking a lot my kids i don't know they're some of them are young and uh some of the movies they're watching are they just seem to be pretty or some of the tv shows are pretty nonsensical is sure, it just yeah. dumbing them down yeah i mean that's the agenda yeah well the agenda might be as benign as just to entertain somebody right? oh, okay, okay okay they all have a purpose i guess is a better okay word. so a when purpose. i think agenda i'm thinking like some sort of a nefarious agenda well plenty have that but some of it is just there's a purpose to everything, including kids' cartoons. And, and and you know what? Kids' cartoons, if you watch them as an adult, sometimes there's a lot of stuff in there. Oh, yeah. You For know? sure. And and it might be to dumb them down. It might be to indoctrinate them to believe that such and such is normal or that such and such is is right. immoral to tr- try or to nor- moral. Normalize certain types of behavior, certain, right. certain ways right. of thinking. Right. So... It's all finely tuned, finely crafted, planned out, and uh, the the question is, can you? In some cases, you know, again, uh, if you're going to the movie to watch the theater to watch Pacific Rim, you're gonna let your brain sort of turn to mush, and you you get sucked into that universe. That's how you enjoy a film, especially a film like 
Pacific Rim. You can't think too hard about it. You can't think like, wait a second. It was so great when wait he, a second. He How takes, does this guy? Yeah. This guy plugs his brain into this this robot that's the size of a skyscraper, and somehow he can control it with a joystick. It is so great when <laughs> the they take the, the the robot grabs the the ship and baseball bats the other guy, or grabs the shipping containers and clocks him right. like symbols. It, at that point. If you're if you're bought into the movie at that point you cheer. You're like, "Yes! That well, was the awesomest." King Kong, the recent King Kong had some Pacific Rim elements too cuz there was the robot and the way that the guy controlled Spoiler it. Spoiler alert, haven't seen it yet. Yeah, you've seen it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, some of these movies are so absurd, right? Action movies are famous for this. You know, Bond, Bond movies. James Bond is on skis and somehow he grabs a, a garbage bag and jumps off of a cliff and uses the garbage bag as to, a parachute, as a, as a parachute, parachute and hang glider to then land on a snowmobile that's falling through the middle of the air, starts the engine, lands, and is able to somehow jump off of a, a, a rock outcropping while still wearing the skis and then jump onto a helicopter railing, mm-hmm. climb up in, take out the guard, Throw him out, yeah. and then fly the helicopter into the sunset. You well, know? the recent, and we the recent, the recent awesome. James Bonds, yeah, the recent James Bonds have been at least, I think, more realistic. It sounds like you're more describing like Mission Impossible. That's well, sure. Hasn't sure. that been more on the Mission Impossible? Is like especially the Tom Cruise Mission Impossibles, yeah. and not the old TV show, but the Tom Cruise Mission Impossibles are. are they've been notorious. In, they've for had that. an increasing level of impossibility. Right. And that's uh, that's fun. That's that's what makes these movies. What as you they are. as you describe the physics defying escapades of the heroes of these shows, I'm thinking of the Fast and the Furious because there was a recent <laughs> Fast and Furious came out because right. the things they do with those cars are well, yeah. You, that that is that is amazingly. And I always absurd. think of I always whenever someone mentions Fast and the Furious, I imagine Vin Diesel. Repeating the Olive Garden slogan: <laughs> "When you're here, your family." Yeah, because he's always <laughs> he's talking, about talking about family. family yeah. <laughs> and then I think of Olive Garden, but yeah, um, but yeah, they do the, some some absurd, ridiculous things in those movies with cars. You know, cars jumping through cars that are jumping through other cars, well, flipping cars to catch falling people. Right, right. <laughs> cars jumping into airplanes. That's, that's part of the reason we we go to the movies to to be entertained and to yeah. see things that you could never see in the real life because you know it'd be a pretty boring movie and actually CNN. You, you can you can you can fox if you set set up a webcam out in your front lawn and broadcast it to the world it's probably not going to get a lot of views now if you set up a webcam in the uh, on the river in alaska where all the grizzly bears feed you might get a lot of views and you can look that up that there is That's, one. Yeah. Um, we can link to it. There's actually a lot of webcams. I, I got into looking at, at some of these webcams when I was planning a trip and I wanted to see where I was going mm-hmm. and I wanted to see current weather conditions. Mm-hmm. And, and you found the yeah. grizzly bears? Yeah. Th- that's a famous one. The grizzly bear. I can't remember the name, but it's where um, a lot of these photos come from um, where the the grizzly bear is like, his mouth's wide open, right? And the fish is jumping, the salmon's jumping. Well, that's like a famous spot, right? Like if you've seen the pictures of those... Brooks Falls. Yeah, if you've seen that, 
uh, you've got to look for pictures that show the other side of it from the opposite perspective yeah, where there's like tons of photographers right. on a little deck there. Yeah, if you look up uh, Brooks Falls webcam, and I'm looking at it right now, there are currently four bears in the in the river foraging for fish. And this is a, a good time of year for that with the spawning of the salmon, the salmon runs. Um, oh, there's another one. I didn't even see. So now there's five. Anyway, the point is that's interesting, I right? See. That's interesting. Now, if there were no bears in the picture, it wouldn't be that interesting. It would just be a, a river. So we go to these movies. We read these fun books, these fantasy and science fiction and, and these near-death books and things like that because we want to be entertained. And we want to see ourselves. Holy cow, you're right. There's like four in the picture right now and then a seagull. Yeah, lots Two of seagulls. seagulls. We want to imagine ourselves as the heroes of these stories. We've touched on this before. Like human beings all have, I believe, an innate desire to to be the hero, to be the center of the universe, to progress to something bigger and better, and to to have we all wish we had superpowers, right? We all wish we had some kind of ability to save the world. And the unfortunately you get people who who take that. And then they start to really believe that they alone have the power to save the world, and then they run for governor. <laughs> and when they get elected, they act as if their their election was a rendezvous with destiny, and that they are so right in their desires, and that their desires are so righteous, and that their ability to save the world is so real that they end up hurting a lot of people. And telling people that if they don't do this, then they're against them and they're evil. And then you whine in a press conference about being so tired having to protect the unvaccinated. I'm uh, mesmerized by, their, by these grizzlies. Oh, look at that one. This he got amazing. one. He's got, they've zoomed in on it. There's got to be somebody controlling this. I think this somebody webcam. controls it. I don't know if they're there on site or if they control them uh, from a remote location. But where this takes place is Brooks Falls in Katmai National Park in Alaska. And you've all seen photos taken at this place before, whether you know it or not. It's like there's no need for those photographers anymore because everything is captured by this webcam. It's amazing. Well, that was a good, healthy tangent about why we why it's hard to get rid of our smartphones. Well, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is hard because you we're, we're sucked into this uh, flow of information. I think that has to do with who we really are. Man, that salmon just got de-skinned and he's still moving. Yeah, well, they just eat him alive. I mean, you yeah, know, that's, that's got to uh, hurt. That f hopefully fish don't have feelings. Fish are friends, too. Fish are friends, not food. <laughs> that fish is food. That fish is food. Holy cow. This is a really cool webcam, folks. Um, we're going to suspend the rest of the show and watch the webcam. <laughs> we're going to give you live commentary. The <laughs> seagull just landed in the foreground while Big Brutus uh, chomps down the salmon that he just caught with his bare hands. <laughs> did you see what I did there? His bare hands. <laughs> you should totally be on television, Bobby. Well, I've got a face for TV, that's for sure. That's true. That's definitely true. You know, there are some really strange looking people on television and that's what <laughs> makes us watch because it's like watching a train wreck have or you watching noticed bears this, have disembody you, 
fish. Something I've noticed bowel fish over the last several years, and I don't know if this is true of other states. Excoriating fish. That's technically what they're doing. I don't know if this is true of other states because I don't watch other states' local news, but if you notice that here in Utah, a lot of the local news reporters have sort of bizarre names. Like what? Uh, now, now that you put me on the spot, I don't want to call out any of these people, but they just have kind of names that are like, well, that that's that's a different kind of name. And they're in show business. They could change their name to whatever they want. I just found it odd Okay, here's KSL. KSL is the one I love to hate on the air. Ashley Moser, it says anchor reporter. I think I would replace that with info babe. <laughs> okay. Uh, Dan Rascone, weekend anchor reporter. Dan Spindle. Dan was already taken. I'm surprised they have two Dans. He's an anchor. Deanie Wimmer, there's one. Yeah. She's a longtime anchor. Deanie Wimmer. Isn't the, have there been other Wimmers? In news media in Utah? I don't know. We had a thing. Uh, I guess this this may uh, be too, uh, too personal of information to uh, identify me. We had a, a thing in my mission in um, an unnamed European country, I'll just say that, called Wimmer Thing. I thought all the European countries have names now. <laughs> I'm not going to... Uh, anyway, I went an L- on an LDS mission to a French-speaking country, and um, we had a, a thing called Wimmer Truc, which technically translates as Wimmer Thing, and so it was well-known in the mission, and it's just tra- just this thing this guy had made up. Elder Wimmer had made it up. I wonder if he's related to Deanie Wimmer. He might be. But his... his uh, his entree, his uh, recipe was essentially you chop up a bunch of peppers and you you fry up a bunch of steak and you get this stuff called laughing cow cheese, which is called vache qui rit in French. And you fry it all up and hollow out a baguette and stuff that in there. Peppers and onions and steak and vache qui rit. It's a really oh, delectable is it <laughs> missionary a, invented. Uh, they cut to a wider version, speaking of delectable, and you see these fish. Do you see that? These fish are just bouncing out of the water, trying to jump up the falls, and these bears are just sitting there trying to snatch them out of the air. <laughs> that is cool. I'm not, I might not be caught up to the live version. Or I might be I'm behind because I refreshed it. I'm seeing Brutus here sitting there. There's 1,135 viewers watching this, according to the little count. Here, here's it's sort of panning back out. Yeah, I'm not seeing that. I'm just seeing Brutus. See those fish? Look at those bears. There's a ton of them. Yeah, there are. One, I'm getting the two, pan three, out now. I'm behind four, you by a little bit. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen big grizzly bears that I count. You know, this is amazing. I mean, they just nobody has to worry about them fighting because they all can get fish. It the fish are everywhere. And you're right, they're just killing themselves trying to get up the falls. Do they get up? I mean, do we ever see a yeah. fish make it? I mean, that's that's the whole idea, right? They get up there, 
they go up river to where they were born and then they spawn yeah, and but die. It, lo- it looks to me like most of them are jumping about halfway. Like, well, I don't think fish are super smart, and so I think it's just a trial and error <laughs> process for them. It's like woo clonk, woo clonk. This, th- I wonder what our listeners are thinking here. We've been talking about the bears for several minutes with no video, only audio. Right. We're giving you uh, <laughs> the play-by-play, the description, the lush v- green vegetation on the side, the beautiful falls, the bears just kind of milling around, grabbing salmon. But see, the equivalent would be a bunch, the- a bunch of kids just sort of living inside the Hershey chocolate factory. All the world's a stage. I don't even know how natural this is. Like if the camera didn't exist and nobody went to this spot, did these bears congregate here like this or have they? Maybe they're seeding the the river with salmon. Maybe somebody's dumping the salmon in off to the right. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it might be like this. Obviously the salmon, t- the salmon runs are a great time to fish and the bears, they understand that. They understand that there's going to be a high concentration of fish in these spots. And they figured out that this waterfall is a place where they can it Cat, seems to be pretty fish. obvious. You, 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 you're you, a grizzly. You wander by. You see your buddy Brutus over there just sitting in the shallows chewing on salmon, and you're like, hmm. Hey, where'd you get that? Hey, that's the Cuomo voice, isn't it? Where'd you get that fish, Brutus? <laughs> oh, I got it right here. <laughs> you got any more? <clears throat> get your own fish. Okay, I will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. So what what's the difference then here? How do the news people get us to 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 suspend to suspend our disbelief? Oh, we didn't talk about Haley Smith and Jeremiah Jensen. Not there, to be confused with Jeremiah Johnson. Well, there's others that I'm thinking of that I can't pinpoint right now. Just over the years, we had a well, Salt Lake had a funny named mayor. You remember Mayor Didi Corandini? Right. Anyway. It's just something that I've I've wondered about over the years with some of the Utah-based news anchors. Just kind of have, I should Carol Makita. I would say memorable, but I obviously can't remember them right now. Carol Makita, she's yeah, a longtime she's religion. Been, yeah, she person. usually covers uh, Gephardt church items, church news things. That's Carol Makita. But let's get back to. So you ask how do how do news people get us to suspend disbelief? Well, they don't. That's the trick. Is that because it's the news, then it must be factual and real. So therefore, you don't have to suspend your disbelief because what we are telling you is true and real in the real and true world. And you can trust me because I have silver hair that doesn't move when I move my head, and I have this authoritative voice. And the lady next to me is attractive. And she has blonde hair, and she's attractive. And she's also saying the same words that I'm saying. And so you have an authoritative male and an attractive female saying the same thing. And they never him or ha about it. They just read straight off a teleprompter. Scientists are telling us. You're doing a really good job, you know, doing it without any interruption, without any breaking in the voice. It's sort of hypnotic. I have a voice for radio. And a face for TV. I have it all. <laughs> I am the complete package. 
I I'm speechless. I got nothing to say. I'll watch these bears. You you go on to stardom while I watch these bears. But see, that's the trick, right? How many times have you heard someone say, "Well, I heard it on the news." Right. I I have a, an acquaintance. It must be true. I have an acquaintance who said to me, unironically, he said, "Well, it's not like the New York Times would lie to us." <laughs> I'm like, well, what? It's not like the New York Times wouldn't not lie. They that's all they do. Yeah. And so the premise, again, we've accepted the premise. We know going into Pacific Rim that it's going to be completely ridiculous, but we accept that and we have a good time watching the movie. We've accepted the premise that if, when you turn on the evening news that it's honest people telling you the truth, reporting the facts, the most trusted name in news. And that's the way it is. Right. Well, that premise... We have to check our premises. The premise is false. The premise that what they're telling us is real itself is false. And once you accept that, you can watch the news and understand and point out and recognize all the lies and the propaganda and the subtle ways that they do this. You know, they use words, you know, you see this a lot in headlines. They use words like may or could or alleged alleged or might. And yet people read a headline that might say something like scientists have warned us that climate change could spell imminent disaster if changes are not made. Well, what's the key word there? Could, could, could. It could. Yeah, it could. Sure could. And an interdimensional portal might open at the in the bottom, bottom of, of the, the ocean. Yeah, it could happen. And then, and then the other thing is they'll say something like experts say or scientists say. If you dig into the article, you realize it's just some schmuck from the University of Who Cares, who, as an associate professor of of internet virology, who they got to say something. Right. There was one story here on KSL that said that the UN sounded a, quote, deafening alarm. Well, I don't know about you, but when I heard that alarm, I immediately didn't hear it because I went deaf <laughs> hearing the deafening alarm. I, I blocked it out. Yeah, there's that's that's one of the there it is. UN sounds deafening warning on climate change. I read this that, is from Reuters or, I read the or article, Reuters, depending I, on how you. I read the article, it. and this deafening warning was like it. It's just at this point they just have stock articles, I think, with climate change, and they just reprint them. It could have been written in 1978. I like how uh, Zero Hedge is handling. Yeah, well, that's that's another thing we got to talk about is that it's uh, all conveyor belt assembly line news now. It's like right. the, there's a few outlets like Reuters, CNN, um, AP. AP where a lot of these local channels get their material. And we have previously shown the most obvious examples of that, where we have the, d the dangerous to our democracy, extremely dangerous to our democracy, extremely dangerous, extremely to our dangerous democracy. where they all, you, know, you have all of these news outlets saying the exact same thing, my repeating favorite, the same script. My favorite part about that so is... So it's proven to be <laughs> you, you uh, have to assembly watch. lined. If you watch the video of that, you have... It's funny how the reporter, the reader tries to uh, <laughs> bring their own like style Inflection. To, the, to the lines. You have some of the men are trying to be very stern about it. It's extremely dangerous to our democracy. And the women are being inquisitive about it. It's, it's, it's extremely dangerous, dangerous to, to our, our democracy. democracy. It's extremely dangerous to our democracy. 
That's a nice democracy you got, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you've got a fragile democracy. So all the world is a stage, and and man, the last couple of years have really brought that to the to yeah. the forefront. I was gonna say I like Zero Hedge's manner because uh, Tyler Durden, and again, guys, now that I've seen Fight Club, I don't know if you're living up to Tyler Durden's reputation, but it's a good pen name. Which character is? Who, which actor Brad, Brad play, Pitt oh, plays Brad Tyler Durden? Okay, yeah, I need to rewatch that. I don't even know if I've seen it in its entirety. Not safe for work, by the way. It's a ra- rated R movie. Um, yes, dear listeners, I have seen some rated R movies. I am not going to apologize. Well, actually, I guess I will defend myself on that. I'm going to apologize apologetically. I'll engage in apologetics on it. You know well, the word sorry is linked to sorrow? Did you ever think about that? Sorry. The reason we say sorry is because it's linked to the word uh, sorrow, sorrow. You're supposed to be feeling so- sorrow. Sorrowful. You're some, somehow sorrowful for it. I'm not feeling sorrowful about having watched R-rated movies. You mentioned your unnamed French-speaking mission. I went to an unnamed country where they speak French and also... A version of English. Oh, really? Yeah, where they say sorry. And Mazda. Mazda and pasta. <laughs> that country just reopened its borders to the United States to regular traffic for the first time in 18 months, as long as you are vaccinated. The words, it hasn't been determined yet if you have to be vaccinated and sophisticated. Though. <laughs> they can't just be letting stupid vaccinated people in oh well anyway i like uh i like uh zero hedge i think that's one of the best places to find alternative information they put a lot of material out their title for the uh they're basically commenting on the cnn garbage and they've got this uh sarcastic headline quote code red for humanity un warns climate change is like climate climate change likely can't be stopped and china is the biggest contributor and then they start off in italics, paging Greta Thunberg. <laughs> yeah. And, the, and so How then they... How dare you? Yeah. How dare you? The, this, is, this is interesting. We should, we should probably talk about this a little bit. Let's take a tangent and talk about... Uh, we'll take our tangent from, uh, from discussing propaganda in movies and suspending disbelief. We will get back to the, to the, to the smartphone issue. Well, yeah. There's Maybe. there's several things no that happened. There's several things that happened this week again. Like la- like I thought two weeks ago, I thought we were going to just break into COVID for a week, and and discuss all the craziness. And then we reached what I thought was peak insanity last week. And then this week, there's been even more insanity insanity coming out of the news media. And again, why are we paying attention to the news media? It's because they seem to be setting up the sequence of events that's about to occur, at least pre-foreshadowing. Pre, uh, if this is all, if all the world's a stage, there's a literary technique called foreshadowing, right? So in a movie right. or in a, in a novel, you have to foreshadow. You have to give the, the viewers or the readers some sort of a spidey sense tingle. You got right. to make them wonder. You got to make them think that something's going to happen. There's a, there's, a, there's a, I don't remember who came up with it, but there's a rule if you want to call it that in movies or, or storytelling that if you show a gun on the wall, at some point the character must use that gun. So if there's a rifle hanging on the wall, 
Really? The character must use that rifle at some point. Otherwise, it's failed storytelling. You can't you can't zoom in on a rifle on the wall. It can't just... just well, do they it, zoom in on it, or well, is it just if it's even it, just there? If it's there in any sort of If it's in, in a noticeable way, way, you've got to use the gun? If the character refers to it, if... Uh, maybe one example of that is the movie Signs with Joaquin Phoenix. Okay. And do you remember that movie? Yeah, Mel Gibson. Yeah, and um, it's, uh, it's an M. M. Night, Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan. Okay. Joaquin Phoenix's character in that movie is a former minor league baseball player, right? right? So there's a baseball bat in and there. There's a baseball bat. And they in the beginning of the film, I, I haven't seen it for a while, but they he he's they talk talking about, about you know, how he misses playing baseball. All of or their whatever. past in that movie, all of their past uh things all their right their all, these, all these backstories come to play in the f- in the climax all at once and of course That's you know spoiler trick. alert this is an old movie joaquin phoenix's character bashes one of the aliens over the head with his baseball bat so they they give you that in the beginning it's not just interesting backstory but it's also foreshadowing right why were we talking about foreshadowing <laughs> Well, because that's what they're doing in the media. Oh, right, right, That's what right. they're doing in the news. They're I got like distracted by the, by the bears again. Right, <laughs> right. They're, You're they're, still watching. How are the bears doing? Let me check in. They're telegraphing their their different, you know, their different moves. I guess you could say, or at least I think sometimes they feel it out a little bit. What's going to catch on? What isn't? And of course, underlying it all is just keeping us unsettled. We they can't have a happy, settled independent population they need us they need us scared they need us unsettled they need us uncomfortable they need us on the edge of our seat going what's next what's next i mean remember last year when we had covid 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 killer bees killer bees killer bees covid 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 covid, COVID. remember you know black what, lives what did they matter call them they didn't call them killer there. bees what did they call them murder, murder hornets, hornets. Yeah. murder <laughs> hornets what kind of name is that murder <laughs> hornets <laughs> In, in in some of the ways they describe the 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 covid the virus i remember one article said something like the virus silently stalks its prey and it's right. like, well, no that's, <laughs> that's it's not a mountain lion <laughs> <laughs> so look when you look when you when you read the news media when you listen to the idiots on tv listen for things like that listen and look for ways that they are manipulating you because we are all being manipulated. So right now, the question is, have they reached, have they reached peak insanity this week? I, I think this is going to continue to go on for a little while. Yeah, you got to ask yourself the question again. Who, why, and why now? And those, that's three questions. But uh, <laughs> you've got to ask yourself those questions. And... Usually this stuff doesn't happen in the summer. Like the, the main propaganda pushes happen when people are back in front of their televisions and their computers. In the summer, people are out vacationing, not paying as much attention. And so I, I postulate that maybe all this craziness hit here in the end of July because they want to get it back in front of the kids for school. Like they, they need the kids to be pushing the message. The kids maybe are more reliable at assimilating the propaganda than the parents and that the school systems are good at reinforcing those those messages maybe they feel like they're having traction there but generally these these types of crises hit in the fall not in the middle of the summer and we we even 
I think uh, tossed around the idea that maybe we're in the eye of the storm and we had a chance to go do something fun this summer. And I feel a little bit gypped. I yeah. feel slighted because summer's not over. We're in what, what we're in what's commonly called the dog days of summer. Uh, for the uninformed, it's called the dog days of summer because of the star Sirius. The every year the star Sirius goes away or is is not seen in the the night sky, and then it, it comes back and it comes back at, towards the end of July in in the northern hemisphere, and it's what we, what astronomers would call the heliacal rising of Sirius, which means it's coming up with the sun. And this used to be the ancient new year in some cultures, actually in, uh, Egypt at a time, I think it was the, the ancient new year. The ancient new year would often be on the, or the vernal or the spring equinox also. But, uh, yeah, it's really weird that we celebrate new years in the middle of winter. Right. That's, like it should logically, it should be in the spring equinox, like a new beginning. And we also we also have messed up our seasons. Like people will say the the first day of spring is the the day of the spring equinox. It, no, that's the middle of spring. Spring goes from Groundhog's Day to May Day, or what used to be known as Beltane. That's from February to May, and then summer goes from May to uh, August. Seventh, which is uh, in the in the Celtic feast, that's called Lufnasid, or roughly August seventh. Then you get fall, which goes to the middle of November, and then the middle of November or start of November, you get winter, which goes back to uh, Groundhog's Day. Right. Because the the solstices and the equinoxes are in dead center, the the center of the seasons. Have we talked about Groundhog's Day, the movie with Bill Murray? We, I think we've mentioned it before, but that would be a good one to do a full episode on. One of the best. If we do, movies. if we do Groundhog's Day, we also have to do Edge of Tomorrow, Tom okay. Cruise. Yeah, yeah. We have to do that. Okay. And then I think we could throw in the movie Oblivion, which was also Tom Cruise came came out around the same time, even though it's not the same live, die, repeat. Or live, there's, there's live a, the same day over and over again. We, we've talked about the NPC meme. There's a movie coming out with Ryan Reynolds called Free Guy, where he's an NPC in a video game. Yeah, and he like breaks out of it. So I'm I'm kind of curious. I may go see it. I'm curious Free to guy. see if they, if the filmmakers, if it's just something silly or if they address kind of this whole idea of breaking out of the trance and waking up. Becoming a non, not 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 become not being a non-player character, but becoming a independent player character. Okay. Uh, so I'm just making some notes here because these I think can be good homework assignments. Maybe next week we should do this. You're gonna have to watch a few movies. Have you seen the movie Boss Level? Frank, I think it's Frank Grillo is the way you say his name. No. Okay, no, that's, we've, we've talked about that a little bit, though, too, didn't we? You need to see Boss Level. Again, there's a rated R movie. By the way, here's my apology or my apologetic on uh, rated R movies. A friend of mine convinced me that, because I grew up and never watched them, right? Because I was being a good Mormon. Sure. Now I'm a bad Mormon, <laughs> I guess is what that implies. <laughs> that, maybe that would be a movie we could make. You and I, because we have some insight into that. We could call it Bad Mormons. Like you know, there's bad like Santa. Bad Moms, Bad Santa, Bad Moms, Bad Mormons. I mean... Bad Mormon. That's a contradiction of terms, but... And maybe a little too irreverent. 
or maybe a little too irrelevant to the rest of the <laughs> Christian. Well, the world. question would be wh- wh- whether or not we're 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 highlighting somebody if our if our main character is somebody who is openly apostate, use that term, or if it's somebody who thinks that they're actually a good Mormon, but engages in all kinds of shady business or, or the, deals or the storyline financial crimes, <laughs> but <laughs> is in completely good standing. Okay, that that could be like your your R-rated version of it. But if we did like the PG version of it, it would be a comedy where the guy thinks he's living on the edge, but he's really not like he, you know, he like he watches an R-rated movie and he feels bad about it or there's some it comes back to bite him or um he, you know he's at a party and his friend has a drink and he and or some by some strange uh coincidence set of events. Oh, this is this is a funny story. <laughs> okay, but uh, he accidentally takes a drink, you know. Accidentally it, had some iced tea. A, acc- no, a, yeah, yeah, he accidentally <laughs> has iced tea, not even alcohol. Okay, so uh, in my family, there are some uh, family members that have uh, fallen off the wagon, so to speak, and deci- have decided to imbibe. There was a shower or a, a ladies' get together. I can't remember what it was, but my mom was there and my. Uh, my wife was there and my sister and some of our kids, right? Some of their, the, the grandkids. And there were some mimosas there. There were the virgin ones and the non-virgin ones. Hello. <laughs> my mom. Ca- Captain, would you like another mimosa? Uh, Incredibles. Yeah. What, what does it say, though? It's the... Mr. Uh, Hello, Mr. Incredible. Would you like another mimosa? We will be arriving at... What do they call the place in... 27 minutes. Would you like another mimosa? I can't remember. It's the plane, the automated plane that can Syndrome make, build it. Make, make mimosas from the armrest of the chair. Yeah. Okay, so there's mimosas at this women's get-together. Anyway, my mom ended up giving the girls mimosas, the little kids, <laughs> that were <laughs> not, not the, the virgin down? ones. Not the virgin ones. And... Uh, What's a it was a, it w- What's there was it? a little bit of a scandal. I What's think it's orange juice with some alcohol in it. Is it vodka and orange juice or no? Or- I'm not bad enough of a Mormon to know. Okay. But I think it involves orange juice and vodka. And I think I remember my wife laughing about it and my sister was scandalized. And my mom was a little bit, per- a little bit uh, embarrassed. A mimosa and the, and the little girls were cocktail drunk. Cocktail is composed of champagne and chilled citrus juice, usually orange juice unless otherwise specified. It is traditionally served in a tall champagne flute at brunch, at weddings, or as part of a business or first-class service on some passenger railways and airline, airlines, or commonly mistakenly given to children at <laughs> LDS women's <laughs> gatherings. Okay. According to Wikipedia. Just yeah. For what it's worth, take that with a grain of salt. Well, we could do, yeah, we could do uh, a movie called Bad Mormon, where, yeah, he, through a sequence of events, accidentally ends up, and th- that's what all these sit- sitcoms are, these situation comedies, they create this anxiety, right? And uh, it goes from bad to worse until there's some sort of a climax right. at the end. Well, anyway, the, okay, so that's a tangent on my tangent. I was just talking about how I used to not watch the R-rated movies until I became a bad Mormon. And a friend of mine just, he, he said, look, 
because it used to be in the literature. I don't think it's that big of a deal now. Did they? Do they teach? Are they teaching the youth to uh, not watch R-rated movies? I think they changed to just not watching movies that have. I haven't heard that, that terminology much. But when we were recently. kids, you weren't supposed to watch R-rated movies. Right. It was in the literature, and so I followed that closely to a certain point in my adult years. And a friend of mine said, "Look, why are you letting the Motion Picture Association of America make?" these arbitrary decisions for right. you. And I think that maybe the church figured that out. So they just de-emphasized well, it. But they what's interesting is they can never go out and say, well, we were wrong about the R rated movie thing. What's interesting about that is, is that for mar- for marketing purposes and for revenue purposes, some movies will be classified as PG 13 because it enlargens the audience to kids, to youth, to teenagers. And so sometimes PG 13 movies will have far more, violence and profanity than than an r-rated movie and yeah there's so, like there there are technical limits right like you can only say the f word twice I, is I've that the limit that i don't really know if that's real or not but because I, I assume that it is there's a lot more f words in our movies and there's more blood right you can only show a certain amount of blood in a pg-13 or is, is know, this because is, some it's PG not technical thir- some pg-13 movies are quite violent i think if you're violent against like a, an orc it's okay, but if you're violent against people, maybe so. It's like, but this is the point. It's all a little bit arbitrary and also determined by people who don't who have are, the same standards. Are looking, as most are looking at it in terms of classification and marketing, because I, I don't think, I, I, I think PG thirteen movies generally outgross R rated movies. I thought the, they wanted to get R status to make money I, th- I thought that was the reverse is that you're the you're the expert on this well i, I haven't you know looked into sure? it for a while but i think pg-13 movies make more money because the audience is bigger because if it's pg-13 then you will take your kids with the price of tickets these days i'm not taking my kids to the theater well, well the theater period. The end theater, of story except maybe on a matinee maybe theater revenues once a year overall are are like less than half of what they normally are because yeah covid restrictions really obviously hurt that because they shut the theaters down but now it was a great reset <clears throat> a great reset for the film industry to take the movies right to people so all these studios and channels they all have their streaming services and so now when you watch a movie preview you'll often it'll often it'll often say available in theaters and on streaming on july 21st hmm available you know it used to say only in theaters right in a world where a boy only in theaters now it's only in theaters and on our streaming service which you have to subscribe to i'm doing some voices today aren't i yeah <laughs> did you know that most of the simpson voices it's were all, done by the same person yeah hank azaria okay Hank Azaria is an interesting guy, really talented. No, no, not at all. Really talented, but I think he's a complete and utter degenerate in real life. But that's neither here nor there. But yeah, he does some great voices. Hmm. He uh, he's been criticized too. He uh, you know, he did Abu the. Oh yeah, Abu yeah. The Indian. Come again. Welcome to Quickie Mart. He's since since apologized for, you know, not because he's not actually Indian. He he apologized for it. It's like it's a first of all, it's a cartoon character. Secondly, it's a huge satire. It's a huge satire, 
It uh, makes fun I of don't everyone. Know, I don't know that he ever apologized for Willie the groundskeeper. Well, the the all of us white men should be offended at the Homer Simpson character. I mean, he takes the hugest slice or the hugest caricature out there against white men is Homer Simpson. Right. Another good one was Hank Hill from yeah, I uh, like Hank Hill. King of the Hill. Damn it, Bobby. Propane and propane accessories. One of my favorite Homer Simpson lines is the that uh, he says, <laughs> he says, what? The internet's on computers now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, see, that's a theme. That's an ongoing theme in these sitcoms that you mentioned is this, how stupid the male, the dad is. The dads are stupid. And I think there's some nefarious intent behind that. That dads are stupid and we don't need dads. They're just there for comic relief and only it's really just the moms that hold everything together. Well, now, the moms, the moms, but the moms are in sort of a and the dads are usually limbo. They're always fat and the wives are always hot. May, not always, but the, but the moms are okay. So the moms are the, the 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 movies that are being shown to kids. I'm talking about mostly these these TV shows. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the kids and the movies, a lot of the the TV shows for kids and movies for kids have parents that are blithering idiots, bumbling idiots, and right. generally, yeah, the mom's hot because that's sells movies. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> the idea there is that you've got your kids distrusting their parents, right? It's teaching the kids right. not not. That the parents are generally not reliable. Parents just don't understand. Yeah, they that just don't understand. A, that should be a rap song. Anyway, well, <laughs> okay. So, we, homework assignment is the uh, Ryan Reynolds movie potentially Groundhog's Day, Edge well, of it's Tomorrow, only Oblivion, only and Boss Level, and some of those are our movies. Boss Level, I know for sure, is R. It's quite violent. But very interesting. The, the common theme, in case you're wondering, if you're scratching your head while you're driving down the road listening to us, and I, I, I hope you still I think are that's listening. a possibility. The a distinct one. The theme in those movies is this idea of uh, like repetition, or or starting over after death. You know, in Groundhog's Day, Bill Murray's character, who is a newscaster, incidentally. That's true. Um, he he uh, is trapped in a repetitive day and he ends up dying over and over and over in the original story so it's a short story and i'm i can't remember the author's name the director of the film the writer and director of the film was the late what's his name he was he was igor in ghostbusters the original ghostbusters and i can't remember his name right now okay i'll look for it keep talking but the original short story <clears throat> the bill murray character was Harold Allen Ramis. Harold Ramis. And he's great. Harold Ramis did some really cool films. But the original short story that that film was based on, he was trapped in that repetitive day for 10,000 years. Holy cow. Now, in the movie, it's unspecified. In the movie, yeah. it could be. It could be. It was be. a long time. You know, they do sort of some death montages. Yeah, he becomes a... He becomes a uh, an excellent pianist, yeah, which he, takes a long time. He takes, yeah, he's, he, what's interesting is things that he learns in these repetitive days carry over. And so, yeah, he becomes a, he become he learns languages. He gets to know everybody in the town, uh, usually for nefarious purposes, manipulative purposes, at least Trying to manipulate beginning. the girl, the, the love interest. Yeah. Ultimately, Andy McDowell is his ultimate prize. 
and he has to go through a lot of different you know lessons to be learned it's a great film there's a it's it's a film that i actually wrote a paper on it in okay co- in college i wish i could find it um <laughs> But you might not want to find it because you might true. remember it that's better true. than it was. I remember seeing. I some, got a great score. On I remember it. seeing some stuff I wrote in college, and I was like, "My oh professor my told gosh. me it was one of the best." So that she. Oh, read. good. Okay, but well, maybe it was. Who good. knows, right? She might. She says that to all the boys. <laughs> 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 but the film is is beautiful. It's brilliant, and so go watch that. If we'll definitely talk about that next week. I'm going to watch that this week. Okay, so that's our that's next week. So this go is, go watch that dear listener the, the, and you will be able to participate. Right. Those of you that have feel like we're lost in the doldrums of the peak insanity here, we're going to do a fun episode next week. And I'm saying we got a lot of homework here. I think we're going to include Edge of Tomorrow because it's basically the same story except in an action film format. Edge of Tomorrow or is it some people call it live, die, repeat. Edge of... T- is that a... That's Tom Cruise. Is that a Mission Impossible? No, that's Tom Cruise and uh, another lady. Hot lady, right? Um, <laughs> no, she was ugly. It's uh, Emily Blunt. Okay. Who's actually about the same height as Tom Cruise. So you've got to have petite... Well, he can only have he's not pe- a really petite tall guy. co-stars, and then he still stands on an Apple box. But he's... Uh, Great actor, great action actor. Love to watch Tom Cruise. And, the most uh, distinct run in Hollywood. And he does all of, uh, uh, most of his own stunts, right? As many as he possibly can, right? Or does he ever not do his own stunts? I don't know. I, I think Tom Cruise is great, but I also think he's a, he's a real-life weirdo. <laughs> we, could <have> a whole, <laughs> we could have a whole discussion on Tom Cruise at some point. Tom Cruise, Emily Blunt, Bill Paxton, Brendan Gleeson... Does Bill Paxton give a speech about declaring our independence? No, he is that Bill Paxton. No, that's no um, Bill Paxton. Recently passed that's away. That's Bill didn't Pullman. He? Bill Paxton died. Did he? Bill Paxton is the guy that was in like the the tornado chasing movie, right? Um, yeah, I think he recently passed away. Uh, Twister. Twister. Yeah, with Helen Hunt. Possibility. <laughs> I think he we died. could look I all think this he up. Recently but died gonna, of some weird I'm back to freak the, thing. I'm I'm going back to the grizzly bears for a minute. Okay, so the point is, okay, so live, die, repeat, or Edge of Tomorrow. That's this. That's an action movie about an alien invasion, and and he has to live the same day over and over again to defeat the aliens. Okay, you haven't seen that one? Uh uh-uh, uh. But that's but this whole premise, this whole idea, is how a lot of video games are designed. They call them uh, roguelite or roguelike or platformers, where you you know, Su- Super Mario Brothers was was a famous example of this, where you have to do the same thing over and over and over and over and over until you get it right. And then you can move on to the next thing, which is really similar to the last thing. And you do it over and over and over and over until you get it right. And in the process, you find out all the secrets, the secret passages, right. the shortcuts. Which isn't unlike real life. You know, our day-to-day thing, lives, we just do the same things over and over and over and over. And we don't always get get it right and you obviously don't have a do-over <laughs> right so so free guy well you do have a do-over well it, but it's not it, what you think right okay so there's another there's another couple of movies here well free guy sounds like it's going to match more oblivion oblivion was tom cruise and uh i don't remember the lady's name but uh this is where the world has been dramatically altered and the people think they're living in outer space and he's cleaning up the mess on earth remember this movie 
mm-hmm. he rides around in an in sort of a a little pod that like a looks space like a janitor. Yeah, kind of, kind of, yeah, <laughs> it kind of like is he, the little pod is, is kind Scottish? of apple, apple esque. It's like, uh, yeah, he's like a space groundskeeper, Willie. Okay, man, you got a lot of homework here, dude, because we got to uh, talk about all yeah. of these together. I don't know if we're going to be able to see Free Guy. That's not out yet, right? No, I don't think it opens till sometime this week. Okay, we might. There's Only there's enough to say. Streaming. There's enough to say about these movies. We might don't have multiple. Don't go to the theater. Don't have a communal experience. Don't be around other people. We we might have multiple episodes on this. Uh, Watch it alone theme. and afraid. We're I all usually in this do. together, alone together, alone afraid together. <laughs> <laughs> Peak insanity. Peak oh, insanity. Gosh. Okay, so Oblivion. So Oblivion will relate to Free Guy. I think because that's one where well maybe we should you we wake should up limit from being it an NPC. to Groundhog Day Boss Man. I don't want to limit anything. No limits. Okay. No, y- Yolo. You only live once. Yeet. That's right. Did I do that right? Youths. Youths. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what does yeet mean? Yeet is like you just throw something, or you just sort of throw yourself in without any thinking. Like yeet. I, and they've turned it into a verb, right? I just yeeted right on in. I reserve the right to talk about any movie at any time. That's all I'm saying. Do you? We have we have our our boys are friends. But you should listen to you should watch Boss Levels. If we're going to do Groundhog okay. Day and Edge of Tomorrow, you got to watch Boss Level because you brought up the uh, video games. Okay, yeah, our boys are friends theoretically. I haven't seen them hanging out a lot lately. I think they're getting together this week. Should we be monitoring? I will be monitoring. Okay. Because they they want to go away and have a sleepover at a place. And, but that place requires... An undisclosed location requiring adult supervision. That place requires supervision. some supervision, so I will be supervising. But do your boys speak their own language? My boys speak in what I call meme. They speak meme. And they communicate with each other. In this meme language, where they re, they will Is that res- like jive. They'll, yeah, <laughs> they'll. Re, uh, I was thinking of the movie Airplane, which don't now, worry, I speak jive. Is Airplane canceled yet? Is that movie canceled? But they speak to each other by through memes. They'll they'll quote memes that they've seen on the internet or TikToks and and things like that. And they completely know what each other are talking about. But for us, the parents, it sounds like complete gibberish. Right, another movie I heard was supposed to be canceled is Blazing Saddles. Oh, that's that's a classic. Yeah. Um so you like literally you have problems understanding these kids at dinner when they want to yeah. speak a different language, they just start. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I blame the smartphone. Let's get back to the smartphone. The source of all our problems. Cuz it's we the reason we started talking about that before we hit record we were we we saw a headline. I think it was the headline about Canada. Oh, I've said the country, Canada. <laughs> Canada only allowing America. See, the Canadian border has been closed for a long time. Um, I mentioned a few episodes ago. You know, when I was gone on my trip, my trip was originally supposed to include parts of Canada. But anyway, the Canadian border has been closed. Now it's reopened for vaccinated Americans and they have some sort of app that you must download that they can prove that you've been vaccinated, which also proves that there's a database being accumulated. There's, that, an, that yeah, there's people, an attempt that, to assert control via 
this electronic control grid. Right. And if you think about like the only thing that makes any of that possible is the smartphone. If you go back, you know, the smart, I think the iPhone original launched in 2007, which wasn't that long ago, if you really think about it. But then how integrated are these into our lives? Like getting rid of one is really easy. You just go buy a flip phone. You can still do that. And it costs a fraction, you know, of, of the cost of a smartphone. The plans are cheaper. Everything's cheaper about it. Everything. And you can still do all the normal things. You can call people and talk to them on the phone with your voice. You can text people. But you can't take really good photos. You can't post those photos to Instagram. Yeah. You can't use Here, it. Here's you, a question. You can't pull up a GPS and get directions to the phone store to buy the latest and greatest smartphone. I want to I want to ask you I want to ask you a question here. Um and this is just a hypothetical. Don't get don't like go hyperbolic on me, okay? What if we did an episode where like we were recording right now and then we put away our smartphones until the next episode? Sort of like a whole week, like a whole week. Could that would, would that even be possible? Here, well, we might have to warn some people that wouldn't. we weren't going to be retur- returning their calls. That's the thing. So, in addition, so let me continue the list. You can't listen to uh, your music on well, a, no, but on would a it be possible? Would it, so you're saying we could we could not do it? You can't. I, I you could do it. Of course, you could do it. Are you willing to do it? But, Don't answer but that we question would have to, right But now. we would have to get the word out that, hey, I'm not going to respond to you for an entire week. Because we're doing a social experiment so that we can have a podcast now, in a I, week where we I, can lament not having a ha- had access to we both, our smartphones and talk about withdrawal. Within the last year, we both sort of did it. Because we both went and hiked on the same route at different times. I went last year, he went this year. Sure. Now, did did you use your? Did you have your smartphone with you? On yes, that trip? I did, and I took a lot of photos with it. In exactly. fact, I made a call from the top of the highest mountain in Utah. I tried. I couldn't get through because I have bad coverage. I had T-Mobile. Yeah, I couldn't get it. I called. I called my wife, and I'm but, like, "Hey, honey, we're at the top of King's Peak. Here, talk to so and so. Talk to my son." And then she thought I was going to die. I almost. It was high. It's a. It's a thirteen. It was a strenuous. It was a strenuous hike. Yeah, that's a great hike. That's a great trip that that we both did at different times. But the, the you can also use that smartphone to navigate such trail. The, yeah. it, it, look, w- everyone knows we're in Utah. That was the Highline Trail, the Uinta Highline Trail. It's a really good trail. If you're into through hiking or just want to do a part of it, look into the Uinta Highline Trail. But, you know, you you can use these things offline in offline mode, which means you don't have cell or any Wi-Fi coverage, and you can use them for navigation. You can still listen to music that you've downloaded. Right. You can take photos. You've got more computing power in your hand than the entire space program had in the '60s. There's incredible, inc- if you believe incredible in that benefits to having these things in our hands, but there are also ways that we can be monitored. You know, Apple's getting ready to roll out a new software update that will scan users' photos for inappropriate. Right, these are photos, photos. on the phone. Yeah, your the photos, photos you've got that on you've your phone, taken or that you've downloaded and saved on your phone, <clears throat> and it will match these photos against certain criteria. And keep in mind, this is all automated. Well, they're looking for child porn. Right, and it's all automated. It's an automated process that if somehow something you have on your phone triggers this automated 
cop, this RoboCop. Yeah. You will be reported to the cops. So to some to some you will be listed in some database and you'll probably have suits with guns show up at your house. Right. So if you have pictures of your kids in the bathtub, right. you could get wrapped up in or, the dragnet. Or at the beach. We have no idea how sensitive this stuff is. But they also let's take it okay, one so- step further. If they're scanning your phone for photos, they can also scan it for phrases. Right. They That's the s- thing. That this this is just the tip of the iceberg. This is just to acclimate everybody to the agenda. And by the way, I do know a little bit about their. The, I've read a little bit about the technical method by which they're going to scan for these uh, pictures. And so you you don't need to, at least right now, you don't need to worry about them wrapping up your kids, uh, wrapping you up into the dragnet because you're you've got a picture of your kids in the in the well, tub. Right now, the, uh, you don't. That, right now, you don't. That's that's the thing. Unless your child's photo is in a database that certain third parties, non-governmental agencies sure. have used to identify uh, child porn. They've, they've got it. They've got like a digital fingerprint on a, a database of, of widely known child pornography. And it's like the center for exploited children or something. They've got, they've got this database. And so they've created a bunch of digital markers or ha- hashes to identify these. And so if you're, if you have content that technically matches this, you will get uh, in trouble. But it's another, it's a classic example of if you've done nothing wrong, then you have nothing right, to but hide. Right, but this is their excuse. Their excuses, right. don't worry about it. These are, these are actual child but, porn photos. But that's not the point. The point is privacy. The point is Fourth Amendment. The point is right. you should not want them looking Look, at the content after, on your phone. After 9-11, we were told that if you're not a terrorist, then why do you care that we're spying on terrorists right, using... Internet and your, and phone. Your and, answer to anyone who says that to you should be, well, why don't I come over to your house and get in your well, in, in your or, personal life and we'll determine answer, if you are... Your answer could also be, tell that to the <clears throat> insurrectionists that are being held in solitary confinement from January 6th. These are Americans. These are people who committed no crime other than maybe potentially maybe trespassing. trespassing. Now I don't know how something can be trespassing when the people who are supposed to stop you from entering are happily welcoming you into the building. But that's something for the courts to work out. But that's the point. The courts aren't even given the opportunity to work this out. These people are not having their day in court. They're being held uh, without. These are political prisoners in the United States of America. Yeah. And that started from, if you see something, say something. If you haven't done, if you're not a terrorist, you have nothing to be ashamed of. That's your newscaster voice. And you know how they figured these guys out? You know how they found these people? Phone pings. Their location data is right there from their phones. And they know who, they know exactly who went into the Capitol and who didn't. Based on their cell phone. It's a little freaky, isn't it? Right, right, right. There's a movie, I don't remember which movie it is, but Woody Har- Harrelson is a character, and he plays kind of an eccentric weirdo, I guess, at the time. And someone mentions a cell phone, and he's like, no, I don't have one of those, man. The government can track you with those. And it's like, it's absurd, right? In the time frame of that movie, and when that movie was made, it, he's the conspiracy nut, This right? wasn't 2012, was it? With uh... I don't think I've seen that one. I don't remember the he movie. He predicts the end of the... He predicts like the... It, maybe it is. The maybe blowing it, up of the Yellowstone 
Caldera. Caldera, yeah. Maybe it and, is that movie. I don't I don't remember, but I just think like now it's just like, yeah, of course uh, the we turn on, we pay money to have these things track us. We pay money to have little things in our kitchen counter that listen to our conversations and report. John it. Cusack is in that one. Uh so I uh, got a an article from a friend I'll have to post it. It was uh, postulating the idea that a lot of American society is willing to pay for their own luxury surveillance. Well, we've done that. Yeah. They call it uh, Alexa or uh, Siri. Or an I- Apple Watch. Or uh, an Apple Watch, which I have on my wrist right now. Or an iPhone or uh, a Samsung Galaxy S or whatever they're called now. These things are, are surveillance tools. And it's kind of funny how Apple, you know, Tim Cook will get up there and very somberly say things like, we value your privacy. Yeah, you do value it. It has tremendous it has value. has a dollar value on it. <laughs> <laughs> and you actively work with uh, the deep state or the intelligence state to exploit our and collect our private privacy information. There is no privacy anymore. And we're seeing that now with, with they're trying to take away really the last bit of privacy we have, which is medical privacy. Right. Let me say this, though. If you're like uh, starting to have thought crime in your mind, like Winston in 1984. Suppress that. No, no, no. Don't suppress. Think happy thoughts. Think, think about what I'm is going to tell you. So, I'm warning you right now. What did the Washington Post say? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) they had that great Uh, phrase we we had a we we did a podcast that we named that uh it was they said that you needed to visualize a positive outcome visualize a positive outcome okay sing a church hymn yeah we we've got a great meditation photo or uh drawing on our on our podcast mindvirus.show Find us on the web, but we like to put all the sources up on these podcast pages. Uh, you can also download and subscribe at all your any of your favorite smartphone-enabled podcast aggregators. Okay, I'm wa- I've, I've lost my train of thought. I'm watching you said if Brutus you're, here again. If you're starting to have thought crimes. Oh, if you're starting to have thought crimes, if you're starting to feel like Winston in 1984, where you're going to just write down in a journal or something your thought crime and this may not come as a surprise to most of our listeners, but I know we've got some um, newer, newer to the people who are newer to recognizing that this is serious. Like they the glo- the gloves finished. are off. That things are far more progressed in the in the. They realm haven't of finished tyranny. the the bottle of red pills they were prescribed. <laughs> They've been taking the take three a day until empty. Yeah, the well, they're they're re- well, there's. You 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 take the pills. It's one, it's one thing to know something. It's it's another t- thing to understand it, and then it's another thing to be able to talk articulately about it. Right? It takes time. It takes. Which phase are we in? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if we're talking articulately about it or not. <laughs> we're talking. We certainly <laughs> we're talk. certainly talking about it. But uh, but anyway, if you're if you're contemplating thought crime, <laughs> you need to realize that everything digital, everything digital could potentially be spied upon oh and it's all archived yeah don't if you have a computer that has ever been connected to the internet that computer is not safe the internet for you to put your thought crimes on (laughs) well here's the dangerous part though you need to watch the movie enemy of the state gene hackman will smith 
as a prophetic movie from the late 90s. Or Minority Report. Minority Report, yes. Here's the dangerous part, is that something you wrote in 2012, which is completely benign, can be turned into a thought crime at any point in the future. And so all of this backlog of digital It's noise. essentially a digital dossier on you. It's J. Edgar Hoover's files on steroids. That's, right. why they, that's why they built that facility out in Bluffdale, Utah. It's got, it stores like- In the Me Too state. In the Me Too state of Utah. The, the amount of data that that thing is supposed to be able to store is like the equivalent of many multiples of the known knowledge of mankind up right. until that point. It's, I can't storing, remember. I'm just going storing, from memory, but it's a storing, certain number of yottabytes. I appreciate that we're getting free archives of the Mind Virus podcast. But do you remember when you first signed up for Facebook, dear listener? What did you do? You went in there and you said, I am a fan of this show and this television movie and this music and this band and this book. And I'm a member of this religion and I enjoy this food. And what did, what did we all do? We were building our profiles. No, we were just opening our own dossier. Dossier? 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 Dossier. 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 Okay. <laughs> we were just we were just volunteering all of this personal information that Facebook exploited to send us ads <laughs> and that you know now all your posts and all your tweets and all your Instagram photos and all the words you think, you know, that's the next step if Elon Musk can get Neuralink under underway, which I hope that never happens. Cuz right now our at least our brains you Our brains are offline. Our brains yeah. are still analog. Yeah. Well, here, <laughs> so here I, found, I found an article on Forbes that kind of gives you the sense of how much data they're storing out there in Bluffdale. Uh, much has been written about how much that data, how much data that facility might hold, with estimates ranging from yottabytes in Wired magazine to five zettabytes on NPR. Uh, these are words that we don't. Talk I've about a lot, so I'm not sure. The... It's like, what is that? A, a thousand. Well, here, here, let me let me finish. A guide from Cisco Systems explains that a yottabyte equals a thousand zettabytes, which is the a thousand exabytes, which is a billion petabytes, which is one trillion terabytes. Okay. And keep in mind, like a terabyte, like right now, the biggest commercial hard drives you can buy are like maybe three terabytes. Uh, eight, twelve ish. Okay. But those yeah. are but those are going to run like your heart. Your uh, a terabyte's a thousand gigabytes, right? And so a terabyte is a pretty dang good amount of storage. You probably have a laptop with about a f- half a terabyte or a terabyte, yeah. maybe two terabytes. Right. That's becoming common. But remember, let me go through that again. A yottabyte is a thousand zettabytes, which is a a million exabytes, which is a billion petabytes. Well, hold, hold on a second here. I think I think I might have the logic wrong. I think what they're saying is that a yottabyte is equal to a thousand zettabytes, and a yottabyte is also equal to a, a million exabytes because I think a zettabyte is the step. Of, I think a zettabyte's a thousand exabytes. Anyway, so then a yottabyte would be equal to a billion petabytes, which is makes it equal to a trillion terabytes. 
So one yada byte is a trillion terabytes. Do I have that right? Are you are you doing some quick uh, research on that or just texting somebody unrelated? I was trying to find the verses in, was it Ether? And they're like, one shekel is three <laughs> shukels and one shemel is one shemai. <laughs> go, to, go to the Book of Mormon where they describe. <laughs> I couldn't find it though. Isn't that in Ether? In the Book okay. of Ether? You can go. But I'm getting a bunch point, of scientific notation here. The point here. is, it's it's more data than you can fathom. For, Forbes go on to say that 400 terabytes. Now remember, a yottabyte's a trillion terabytes. So just 400 terabytes would hold all the books ever written in any language. So what they want to do is have what they call total information supremacy or total information awareness. They want to store everything, and the reason for that is and again, that means everything. All your phone calls. They, they're not necessarily going to come after you for your phone calls until they have AI that can sift through it. But the idea is to store it so that they can come back and get you later. And again, we quoted Cardinal Richelieu recently on the podcast. He says, you know, give me six lines penned by the hand of an honest man and I'll give you a reason to hang him. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point is they, they want to be able to accuse whoever they want, whenever they want, of, of whatever becomes a crime or was a crime or is a crime or could become or a could crime. become a crime or 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 just uh, data mine it uh, a good movie to one of those suspend your disbelief movies uh, that pre messages this is Captain America Winter Soldier where they have an algorithm that they're going to use to kill all the potential resistors to this new world order but that that's nobody needs this information you don't need this information unless you're evil unless you have an evil oligarchy an evil controlling a desire to control people you don't need the information people who work for the government people who are bought into the the programming people who are bought into the narrative they think that they're fighting you know terrorists over on the other side of the world that they need this information to to keep people safe and to keep this benign you know, great free country running, that is not the case. The only reason you need this kind of uh, information is for total control. And so the point, that I, the warning is, if you're thinking about thought crime, you need to know that all this is being stored, especially if you have a computer that's connected to the internet. They could come and get you at any time. Are they a- actively backdooring your computer and storing everybody's hard drives? I don't. Th- I don't think so. I think what's more likely Maybe. is if you if you've gotten on a watch list that that's happening. But, yeah, but clearly, who, which clearly, one of us is not on a watch list? But clearly, <laughs> Microsoft and Apple seem to be well cooperating. You, you, you they, if you, you don't think they have backdoors, you're crazy. You're like it's not flat even out insane. It's not even a backdoor. We pay for it. It's called it's called iCloud. Google Drive. And well, yeah, that's these, what I'm saying. These but, backup but, people services. Think, but people think they would never be able to access that. Right. While, while we, the, we, they don't realize that the, the these manufacturers, these tech companies are holding the door open and not only holding the door open, they're working cooperatively. We right. don't know where the government starts and where they end. Well, re- look up some of the stuff that Edward Snowden revealed. And I think one of the operations or the programs is called PRISM, if I remember right. And that's basically what it was. It was the intelligence community working with the communication industry to archive and collect everything. Just watch watch uh, one of the documentaries on Snowden. It's it's alarming. Like they were he was 
one of the things that really turned him off that turned made him turn the corner and want to defect to Russia <laughs> and and lose everything in his whole life was was that he was able to see just some with the software they had created some schmuck intelligence spook was able to turn on the webcam of random joe and watch what he was doing yeah. while his computer was off yep. his the guy thought his computer was off you know right and so this is why now i've got a little sticky note over the camera on my laptop and why people put stickies over their phones you can actually buy little sliders yeah. Um, wasn't it uh, w- one of the directors of the FBI was on, is on record having said, well, of course, or no, was it Zuckerberg's? It's like they've got black electric tape on their own. They all know it. They've got black right. electric tape on the cameras on their own devices because they don't want to be monitored. Yeah. And, well, Apple recently has an, had an update where if your microphone or your camera is being used, there's a little dot that shows up a little green or orange dot as if that's not manipulable by like, the hardware okay, software yeah it's like great thanks but you're saying <laughs> you guys that are scanning for all, child porn it's always on it's all, yeah why isn't that a dot always on you know, <laughs> there was a uh there was a uh i guess you could call it a meme or something that was going around a while back that someone was asking alexa the amazon digital spy that we buy, buy and put in our homes. Alexa, do you work for the CIA? And Alexa <laughs> would, would say, uh, no comment. <laughs> and then, yeah, you then know, it, it they went, thought that was funny, but then it went viral and then it patched, they, you know, Amazon patched it. That's no, a, I work for Amazon. That's a, that's a misinformation, conspiracy <laughs> theories and lies. Mm, misinformation. <laughs> Well, we got we got way off. I wanted to talk. I wanted to talk about the climate change thing. This is the code red for humanity here because if they're if they're preceding in the public mind these ideas that they're going to move on, which appears to be the case now. But co- uh, the 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 natural segue from COVID panic would be to climate panic. Well, they're trying to sell panic, that. I think they're having panic is their old standby right it's old reliable they've been doing this since the 50s yeah but they haven't been able to get people to take action on it right so here here's what they're saying like the the this zero hedge article i'm going to link to is really interesting they've kind of bullet pointed uh they say that well temperatures are going to continue to rise at least until 2050 causing further extreme weather events and without immediate rapid and large-scale reductions reductions stopping global warming will be impossible as the global temperature will rise two degrees centigrade above pre-industrial levels by 2100. So, Which is something they have no way of knowing. They have no way of knowing that. That's just, that's just baseless. They're, they're saying that the world has risen. The, the world has risen. The, the world's temperature has risen 1.1 degrees centigrade from pre-industrial levels and is likely to reach 1.5 centigrade How of warming within 20 years. How do they know what the, what the global average temperature was in pre-industrial levels? Well, we've been, we've been recording temperatures in America since like around the Revolutionary War or right afterwards. When the, the, the colonists, once they got their independence, they actually started tracking this. So we okay. have some good climate records in the United States. But from, also... From... from one or two places. But here's the thing. The we the world has been warming gradually since long before 
the industrial Keep era. Keep in mind, these are the same people that in the 1970s were telling us that there was an imminent ice age that was going to kill us all, that we were all going to starve to death because of an ice age. Now, they just f- completely flipped their tune to be global warming. They went from global freezing to global warming because we've always been at war with East Asia. Right. There, there are history professors who would dispute the statement that they make that the past decade was most likely hotter than any period in the last 125,000 years. And they, they want to associate heat with sea level and all this garbage. Anyway, they say this document is a code red for humanity. This report must sound a death knell for coal and fossil fuels before they destroy the planet. As if... <laughs> Coal and fossil fuels are what's causing it. There's, there's a, we've talked about this before. There's a massive fireball in the sky eight light minutes away from us. Eight light minutes. I know I, it was pointed out that I said eight light seconds, one in a prior podcast. It's eight minutes away, okay? If you can okay. go at the speed of light. And so it's an important distinction. It's an order of magnitude. Like six orders of magnitude. No, it's not six. It's, it's six times... Uh, it's It's... A minute I, versus a second. That's sixty my, seconds per minute. When I take my teenagers out for dinner, we have orders of magnitude. <laughs> <laughs> it costs a lot of money nowadays. It's yeah, it's roughly an order of magnitude. It's eight light minutes away from us, and that fireball in the sky is responsible for ninety-nine percent of the changes in the Earth's See, climate. But let's let's accept the fact that the the earth is warming. Let's just, let's accept that premise. It still doesn't justify their actions and what they, what they are proposing as solutions, because just like coronavirus, the solutions are harmful and and they're devastating and they will ruin, they will ruin middle, the middle class of the world. They will ruin. But I don't think the middle class is going to go for it. I really don't think people are going to go for it. They haven't been going for it. But now, this is why I want to talk about their bullet list. Now they don't have to have people go for it. They can just impose it. The coronavirus well, opened up a precedent. Now they can just lock us down. Well, no, people are protesting en masse they are. in France, in Italy. And if I think I think we've crossed the line in the sand with mandatory vaccinations. I hope so. But because that's a hill to die on, like we talked about. People with the mask thing, it's like, well, I can put up with that or I'm not going to worry about that. But when they start to force the vaccinations, that's, that's invasive enough but there's I an, think people are going to get upset. There's an easy solution to these mass protests. Guns. War. Military. And they will, like, like Australia, Australia is, or at least parts of Australia, are using the military to enforce yeah, their lockdowns. But that's Australia. Yeah, but the, uh, they don't we, have any guns. We've said it. Neither does Europe. America has guns. And, and, and we also aren't protesting anything. Because we got guns. So... What I'm saying is these protests, they look great for TV. They end up don't, they don't mean anything. I don't think they're, they don't no, accomplish well, like the, anything because well, all the you, French were able to hold off their government on a lot of things with the yellow vest protests for now, for now, because the French, they, they are, they have been hosing people the drop down, of a hat. The but, French protest at the drop of a hat. Right. But, but my, my larger point is like, like, yeah, the optics is great. And yeah, okay. There's widespread opposition to this. We don't care. We're going to do it anyway. Oh, yeah. Well, here's what I think they're going to do. Meaning the, the powers that be are saying, that's great, but we don't care. Yeah, I, don't, I think there's ha- they're having trouble with the um, 
with the climate change narrative. There's one thing buried in the climate change report that I think is ultra significant. Okay, that's what I'm getting at. They've got okay. all these bullet points. You know, John Kerry said the findings underscored, quote, the overwhelming urgency of this moment. Was that when you know? he was on his private plane en route to Obama's birthday party? Right. Saudi Arabia allegedly tried tampering with the, with the report as per the Financial Times. Um, they tried to change some wording. Uh, they sought to replace references to carbon emissions with greenhouse gases. But, quote, the science prevailed. You know, this is CNN garbage. Uh, or Tyler Durden of, of Zero Hedge commenting on it. Anyway... Um, oh, they, they, this is interesting. For the first time, the report ties climate change to the incidence of extreme weather and the deadly heat wave that killed hundreds this summer in the North American Pacific Northwest, and it would have been virtually impossible without the climate crisis. <laughs> okay, that's a laughable statement. Yeah, whenever they say but it would have been worse if we hadn't have done this, that's— Bullcrap. It's like people saying, but imagine what coronavirus would have done had we not locked down. Well, that's— all you can do is imagine because there's no control group except for Sweden and a lot of the American West that didn't lock down. Right, except for all the other people, yeah. They say ocean levels have climbed by eight inches on average and the rate of increase has doubled since 2006, which is probably bullcrap. But ocean sea level has been rising steadily since the people landed in America and they did not have steam engines or SUVs in the 1500s when people started landing here, okay? So that they're showing you only a... When, when they make these statements, some of the statements are true and some of them are just blatantly false. Well, we false. also have no idea. And so far, well, so far, the warming of the planet has, has looked like it's actually a net positive. But we have no idea no, uh, whether these things are going to be ca catastrophic or not. They just assume, they just tell us that it's going to be catastrophic unless you make all of these economic and social changes that we're demanding that you make right they're, they're, the whole point of their the whole point of their alarmist pronouncement here their alarmist press release or whatever is that it's too late and we're already going to have these problems well if it's too even late if then let's go i'm going to just go ahead and enjoy the capitalistic uh, materialism that we've got well this uh, is what, because it's too late this is the big catch the <laughs> a, the ap the associated press called the next detail the quote big catch meeting the most ambitious goal of the paris accord which involves keeping temperature increases to only 1.5 degrees centigrade by the end of the century is believed to only be possible via what is known as, quote, negative emissions. That means <laughs> sucking more carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere than is added. In other words, being emissions neutral. How many people or, would that kill? Or zero emissions or whatever American tech giants are calling it these days is no longer enough. Right. Okay, so we've just been through like multiple levels of absurdity here in this report. But this is the big one. This is the one I think that uh, we can have a... The UN is saying this. It says... Just 25 big cities, almost all of them in China, accounted for more than half of the climate warming gases pumped out by a sample of 167 urban hubs around the world. So that's the point that is the big, the crux of this thing is they actually blamed China. Right. Okay. And I think they're setting up for war because you got, they're starting to blame China about the virus and right. the Chinese, of course, are blaming us. You, you got to get the populations hating each other. You, in order to have a war... We're not to the we point. We need our two minutes of hate. Right. We're not to the point yet where, uh, like in The Simpsons, where they say, the wars of the future will be fought in space 
or at the top of a very high mountain by robots. And it will be your job to build and maintain those robots. And we're not at that point yet where the robots are fighting the war. Well, the wars need to be fought by the people. The good news is war, and the people need to hate each other. War is always really good for the environment. If in the end, it will be good for the environment because there will be a lunch, bunch of dead carbon well, if emitters. Can, if you can, if you can kill two billion people, and the only people left on Earth are sophisticated and vaccinated, <laughs> then yeah, that'd be great. No, that no, that's so what they're that's so what they're they looking have for. A giant, are we going to have a massive deforestation campaign to to get negative emissions? To def, you're going to deforest to get negative emissions. Well, the, the trees are em, 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 breathing. <laughs> trees are filtering carbon dioxide, right? They breathe the carbon dioxide, yeah. So you want to get rid of the trees? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I, wouldn't that have Would that help? fewer emissions? I don't know. I know they want to kill cows. I know they want to get rid of meat. They're using that as an ex, you know, cows, cows poop a lot. I think they want more trees. I don't know. Uh, somebody out there who's smarter than me, tell me if 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 if, if z- negative emissions would mean more or less trees. Well, you, what you're saying is that if we get rid of the carbon dioxide, we'll suffocate the trees. No, what I'm saying is that because they're which is logical because carbon dioxide is what trees breathe in. But they've also filter it, making the air clean for us. They create oxygen. They release oxygen. Right. So we can actually exist. So aren't they emitting things? oxygen <laughs> what you, you you seem to have a logical problem here and that is that your logic does that, not apply none of their logic their logic, logic applies and, I, and maybe i'm just misunderstanding but it's easy you're, to you're mis- just not sophisticated I, i'm not i've never been more proud to be unsophisticated yeah no you're right that's the big that's one of the big cruxes of the whole uh, global warming thing is it's going to make the planet greener if we actually had more carbon dioxide well it's like it's like uh the movie 2012 or I'm sorry, the day after tomorrow, right? You you can't think too much about it or you realize it's absurd. Well, it's the same with the coronavirus mitigations. It's the same with the with the climate change. I mean, here here in that you had that you read that quote where it's like we have to control emissions. We have to control the global temperature. What makes you think we can control global temperature as if there's one number that just encompasses the entire globe? Well, the They're, globe is diverse. Yeah. It's ecologically diverse. And right now it's warm here. It's cold somewhere else. You might have a heat wave and 100 miles a, a, a later. I mean, this state of Utah is a good example. We have a drought in the state, right? N- wrong. Only, only part of the state has been in drought. The southern part of our state has been getting hammered all summer with massive th- destructive thunderstorms they have not been in a drought they've had rain like every day flash flood warnings so is it a drought well maybe there's a part of the state that's in a drought but there's part that isn't is colorado in a drought maybe is new mexico maybe is idaho i don't know well you're falling for one of the classic blunders it's right after getting involved in a land land war in asia Asia. we've been in a land war in asia that's was our first problem (laughs) Yeah, even after the Soviets did the same thing and were... We've been in a land war in Asia for 20 years, <laughs> no, like an official land war in I Asia. Know. Yeah, after the Soviets went to the same country in Asia and did the same thing, and which helped bankrupt them so badly that the 
It facilitated the fall of communism and the fall of the USSR. Right. I don't think it facilitated the fall of communism. Communism is alive and well at your local university. Well, here and it, capital building. Here's your blunt. Here's your classic blunder. You're in newsroom. You're imposing logic on a tyrant. Never impose logic on a tyrant. There's a lot of people out there who are like, well, I'm going to do this because, you know, the Federal Reserve would never raise interest rates. Or the they New would York never, Times would never lie to us. Yeah, the, the, this would, the government would never, they would never allow this. It, it appears, they're trying, to, they're trying to impose logic on the tyrant that like, okay, well, I can, I can behave this way because if XYZ happens, the government will behave predictably. Tyrants are not predictable. Right. They haven't been predictable. You need to understand their motives and what they might do. And so this is why I'm going to re-emphasize the point. The title of this episode here, this podcast episode, will be Suspend Your Disbelief. Okay, I think we figured that out. And we've discussed a lot about how we do suspend our disbelief and in what situations. We've rambled on and circled around and, and tangentized and done all kinds of great stuff. This has been a fun episode. There's a whole segment of people out there who has suspended their disbelief on the news media, right? And the news media appears to be, as I indicated, preceding the public mind or, or, or laying a, a foundation for the next panic, pan, the, the, the next approved thought processes, the program. They appear to be laying that foundation through the news media that the oligarchy controls. And I have, have been continually harping on this. I do think war with China is imminent. I think that they they with the whole Wuhan lab thing that's now accepted discourse uh now that we've put China into because everybody knew China was polluting the worst big time but now they've officially put it into the UN report and the zero hedge article sort of softens on it they say something like well um it's not difficult to imagine why it doesn't say much about Bl- blaming China or China shouldering the blame, it's because the UN fears angering Beijing and potentially jeopardizing any com- compromises by China in a climate change fight. Blah 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 blah. No no no. I don't. That that's that's what the news want. The news wants you to think the UN is afraid of China. No, they're they're trying to set this up. The the propaganda in China is anti-American. The propaganda around the world is is showing the United States as the bully of the world, which is we've, we've worked hard to get that out there. You know, we, we've worked really hard to destabilize other countries, especially over the last 20 years. So we're, we kind of deserve that. You've got to have the people hate each other in order to have a fight. And so um, Americans appear to be quite lazy, um, uninterested, you know, just not, a- not willing to go to war. There's a line in Gladiator, another R-rated movie, where Maximus, played by Russell Crowe, he's been a prisoner for a while, and he sees his longtime assistant or page or squire or something. He says, how is, how is the army? And he says, he says, fat and lazy. Because <laughs> they, haven't, they, haven't they haven't been, been fighting. Marching. They haven't been fighting. And I think that's that's America right now is that we're we're fat and lazy and we're content. We and they're working really hard to get this war going. I think this war is part of the Great Reset. I think they intend to balkanize the United States, which means that it's going to meet the same fate as the USSR. They're going to disintegrate the states into regional governments, 
I think that's on the table. I, I know it's not being talked about, but I think that's the big whammy behind the behind the scenes. I think that's the the big two by four that we're gonna get hit upside the head with at some point is a is a split up of the United States into regional governments that are more manageable by the global oligarchy. I think there's a and good possibility. Look at look at all the blaming of China. Look at look at the whole Trump thing where we went to an into an economic uh, tariff war with China that that hasn't changed. Okay, Biden hasn't changed that. And look at them starting now to talk about China being a a climate denier, right. <laughs> whatever you want to call them, a climate polluter. The the I, I think we're setting up for it. The virus, the climate, the trade wars. I think there's a good chance that this war, too, isn't... There'll be some elements of traditional warfare, but I don't think it's going to be your normal, traditional troops with guns and airplanes with bombs type of war. I think it's going to be more of an infiltration in a in a technological and financial takeover where one day we wake up and people will, people will be slapped aside of the head, like you said, with a two-by-four when our currency is... Is, is a Chinese digital currency, a Chinese-controlled digital currency, and our president is subservient to the Chinese Communist well, if, Party. if that's and, the case, most of that's already happened. Well, we're already it, in the war. It, yeah, well, we, we already are. We've talked about how we're in World War Three already. Three or maybe even four. Yeah. But I think it's going to go... I think, it, I think there's a good chance that you're right, and I think there's a good chance that... I think it's going to be a hot war, and a lot of people are going to die. Let me make that well, clear. Well, I think I, th- yes, but I th- I think it's going to be more of a maybe a couple of nukes, and we'll kill a bunch of people, and that's the shock thing, and then the dust clears, and we're now a Chinese nation state with Chinese troops running around and P- Americans killing each other. The so you could see a situation where. Uh, around the world uh, overseas that the American carrier groups and, and bases get attacked. Because so, we're spread very thin there. But y- y- you might be right that there's not a lot of overt he, we, cataclysmic war type of stuff here on American we, soil we've said this, other than the guerrilla stuff. I've said this before. Watch Australia and New Zealand. I think they are the the beta test for this. I think I think that New Zealand especially is a Chinese communist satellite client. state yeah they, they they're look at what you know you have you have their prime minister saying we are your single source of truth but i wouldn't call them a chinese client they're more of a globalist but client yeah but i think china is a lot of influence in the with the globalists well see that's the thing i, I people don't realize how similar we are to china they may be an overt surveillance and and totalitarian state we have sort of a soft socialist status tyranny that's been right. going on here since this since the civil war the war between the states the and since the uh, robber barons got control i don't think it, it might be too that the that that china is being set up as the heel you know in the kayfabe that china is the big bad villain when in reality they are also being manipulated and controlled by some Secretive group of no, they are men in suits smoking and, and, fat cigars. And I've argued that they they had to right. do their massive lockdown and do all that theater over there in order to induce the fear in the Western bureaucrats right. over the COVID thing. Right. So somebody got a hold of them. 
they were welding doors shut on. Well, they had that video of people apartments, people dropping in the street. Yeah, of course that was all just fake. It was staged. And there's new ones now with these new lockdowns in Beijing. Hmm. Well, yeah, they but lockdowns they, are the greatest thing that's ever happened to tyrants. Yeah, these modern lockdowns because the stage is set. They can do it for anything now, and and if they have to, they enforce it with men with guns. Well, look, if you're if you're a conspiracy researcher and you're watching what's going on and listening to pe- people talking about the United States devolving into this Chinese social credit scoring system or whatever, that's look, that's a possibility. That's that's a definite possibility. But I think they have more nefarious goals. I think that. They are but, going to yeah, yeah. blow stuff up. And the, the social credit system, I was thinking about that the other day. What's the point of a social credit system? What does it accomplish? Well, maybe some social control and things, but that's that's a it's a tool. It's a means to the end. People just start working around that. Yeah, financial global domination. One of the one of the articles on Zero Hedge today was there's already digital and paper counterfeit vaccine passports popping up everywhere because people just don't want to get the vaccine and it's low stakes if you walk into a bar and you know show them a counterfeit or you walk into a restaurant yeah you may not be able to fly i saw a video where this concert was allegedly you know or not allegedly the concert was requiring your vaccine pass but people were walking through the gates just holding it up no one was looking at it so you could have just had a little blue card a sticker on it of a smiley face. I mean, no one was looking at this. They just held up a card. Mm-hmm. Could have been anything, and no one was checking it. Now, that's going to become more sophisticated with where well, you're going to have to pass an eye scan or or show a Maybe. QR code. I think I think down the road, but not in the next couple of years. But because it because the technology has unless to unless you're trying to get into Canada, the technology has to be created, sold, and it has to proliferate into to a point where it it is at the local tanning salon or at the local... Well, and they can do that with uh, the smartphones. Going back to the smartphones, they can force the updates. They can brick your phone if you don't do the updates that install this type of stuff. And then Yeah, but they got to have the checkers. you gotta, you got to uh, have everybody checking every time you come in. That's easy, though, if, if you threaten people to uh, shut down their business if they don't, just like they did with masks. You know, you had, you had people handing out masks at certain stores, you know, like Walmart, now, there was nobody there that really forcibly and you know put masks on people, but it's preceding. It's like, like you said, it's seeding. It's it's laying this groundwork for us to accept that there are conditions you have to meet arbitrary conditions in order to take certain okay. actions. Let me let me just back up here though, because the one the, here's the thing that's in my mind that I want to spit out that I want to get out on the table is. There's a lot of people that do conspiracy research and, and people who are uh, now looking at the alternate media, people who are waking up and they're thinking, oh, it's this, there's going to be this global control grid under this one world government. That, and that's what they're trying to do is get this, this total global control and it's going to be this medical tyranny and, and all you'll need to do is take the vaccine, but we can't, you know, but it's, uh, should I take the vaccine? You know, I've taken other vaccines, you know, there's, I'm not sure if it's really that bad. Maybe I'll go ahead and succumb to it, you know. And I think there's this there's this idea that we're going to have sort of a a worldwide connected worldwide system where they just want us to get they just want us to get into this uh, vaccine related or health related 
right. passport system, and then we'll be able to travel. And we that's the hump that we're going to have to get over. And I'm saying, no, it, I really don't think so. I think what's going to happen is war. And I think that they got to always have a boogeyman in, in Eurasia or East Asia, China or Russia. I well, don't we've think, always been at war. Right, right. <laughs> I don't think we're going to have detente or... Uh, a lessening of tensions with with these superpowers. They've got to keep the superpowers, right? Unless it's aliens. Unless somehow we get space yeah, aliens. Yeah, it seems like they tried that and it didn't quite take. I, I don't know that it can take. I think that's why we're seeing the the foundation set up or the little the little hints that it's China. Right. I, I think that that's it. And then, well, one way they could they could escalate all of this is to have another virus. That the story right from the beginning is bioweapon. That wasn't leaked, but was actually deployed as a weapon. Maybe this one's even a little more deadly, and it kills a few more people. And then they say, "Look at what China did," and then and then all hell breaks loose. Could be. Well, well, are you upset at us? Are you now that we've fear mongered you into? <laughs> let me. Let's just let, let's just end this with some soothing noise of the waterfalls. Is this the bears? Yeah, I've been watching the bears the whole time. That doesn't sound very soothing. It's crappy audio from a crappy webcam, but... Sounds like fuzz. I don't even know if that made it on these these cheap mics. But uh, if you need to chill out and relax, go to explore.org or just Google the Brooks Falls Brown Bears webcam. We're going to put a link to this on the website. And in our tradition of trying to end on a positive note remember that we have the truth on our side and we have god on our side we have the strength the mental the spiritual the emotional strength to resist this stuff and there might be some big giant global forces that maybe are set in motion that we can't stop but you can slow them down and you can avoid them in your own life by being prepared by surrounding yourself with good honest, like-minded people, and by just going about your day, going about your life, and not succumbing to the fear and the mind virus that they're trying to inject into our brains. So keep doing what you're doing. Share this podcast if you want. If not, that's fine too. If you don't want to, share it anyway. Share it, it anyway. It is safe and effective. Share it under uh, a pseudonym so that the we we, Jordan and I, will be persecuted for the thought crimes and you won't be um we'll take that we'll take that hit for you (laughs) jordan will take it for all of us but you're welcome (laughs) but and also remember no matter what else happens that jordan bruno and bobby flood are your single source of truth and we're not contemplating suicide and also i don't I kiss all the peoples. <laughs> I give them hugs. I'm an affectionate guy. I gotta give people hugs and kisses. It's normal. <laughs> it's normal, right? It's normal. I'm not gonna resign. <laughs> <laughs> the emphysema cough. <laughs> the smoker's cough. Okay, everybody. Hey, have a great week. We appreciate your listening. And uh, yeah, stand up for truth. We are signing off, and we will talk to you again in a week. Thanks, everybody.